stacked up in hospitals, but they warn the NHS will still need increased funding from the government. The councillors at the heart of the Milton Keynes taxi scandal faced fresh calls to resign last night at a packed council meeting. Members of the public gallery called on Shaban Shafiq, Stuart Burke and Gladstone Mackenzie to quit. Leader of the council, Peter Marland, said the council itself has no power to make them resign. I've said the same thing all along. They have to look at their own consciences. As far as I'm aware, only one of those councillors has offered a full apology. It's not within the council's gift to make them resign. They just have to think about what they've done. A notorious police killer is to be released from prison after serving more than 45 years behind bars. Harry Roberts, who's 78, shot dead two officers in West London in 1966 and was complicit in the murder of a third. Canada's Prime Minister Stephen Harper says an attack on the Parliament building in Ottawa will strengthen the country's resolve to fight terrorists. A gunman said to be a Muslim convert fatally wounded a soldier before being shot by security staff. A woman from Hertfordshire who's dying from cancer could have been saved, according to a scathing report published today. The health service ombudsman says West Hertfordshire NHS Trust failed to detect and treat the disease. More from Lee Agnew. The 41-year-old was referred to a breast clinic in May 2010, but the correct tests weren't carried out to rule out cancer. The single mother has since been told that she has terminal breast cancer, which has spread to the liver, brain and bone. The ombudsman says that had she been treated early enough, her life would probably have been saved. It says the trust, which has already paid the woman compensation, should make a sincere apology and ensure that it can't happen again. In sport, Liverpool lost 3-0 at home to Real Madrid in the Champions League last night, but Arsenal scored twice in the closing minutes to win 2-1 away to Anderlecht. The weather slightly warmer but cloudier than yesterday, with patchy light rain possible at times, a maximum temperature 16 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Let's be having you. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. With brilliant physiotherapist Richard Evans here to ease your aches, strains and pains. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Will you, Mark? Are you going to bring this bit? Because this is the best bit that's happening on BBC Local Radio right now, suckers. This is what's happening on BBC Radio Norfolk. You ready? A little light rain or drizzle possible at times. Yeah, uh, you want that? The limited Do you want that? Spells if you want that, on with the go online. Up to 16 Celsius. If you want it, go, go, and cha- uh, go and chase it. Oh, he's gone. This is what you're getting, suckers. You're stuck with it. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including Kelly Betts. Hello. Catherine Boyle. What's up? Greg Lewis. He's upstairs. And Dirty Pillows. Oh, Dodgy decisions. And hooray, hooray for Bedfordshire Day. It's never going to happen, but we'll discuss it anyway. Who writes this rubbish, Kath? Me. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. What actually sits down and writes it. And you've heard her voice, you know her name, it's Catherine Boyle. Came out of my brain. Yes, didn't it just? Down your trouser leg Mm -hmm. and out through your foot. Yeah, which I type with. Some people do, don't they? I never got those people that could paint with their feet. I never get people that can paint with their hands or their mouth. I can't paint. And yet some people could do it with various parts of their body that weren't designed for painting. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. 
08459 455 555. What have you ever painted? <laughs> That's a good phone. I'm a good painter. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Excellent painter. Do my Mick Jagger. Oh, yeah, I'm Mick Jagger. But he paints. I Hello, Janet Street Porter. I can do all the rock stars. Get, name a rock star that's either David Bowie or Mick Jagger or Bob Dylan. Um, Bob Dylan. Uh, dun, bum, dun, Bob Dylan and I'm doing a painting. Neil Diamond. I d- that wasn't on oh, the list. Man, I'm so Sorry. tired. No, come on, guys. Leave Diamond out of this. You know there's, I've got beef with Diamond. He doesn't like disabled people. What's that all about? Uh, David Bowie. I'm David Bowie and I'm doing a painting on the internet using a, uh, a touchscreen computer. Um... So hang on, do Bob Dylan again? Yeah, I'm Bob. I can't do Bob. I can't do them like yeah, that. that. Was a proud boast, wasn't it? So all you can really do is a bit of David Bowie, who sounds. Oh, my name like is Bob My Dylan. name is Donovan, and I am painting a picture of Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> you clone. Who was the other one I just said I could do? I'm having fun with Mick me. Jagger. Oh, yeah. oh, Mick Jagger. I've got to do the hands. Oh, Mick Jagger. I'm painting a picture with my bum. <laughs> I could do all the rock stars, guys. If you want to phone up and uh, have a rock star impression off, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I'm in that kind of mood today. Seriously, let's go back to uh, Radio Norfolk. Oh. Fair play, that's good. Now that I found you, I can lecture. Yes, I can. I got sent a record today. What for? Well, because I bought it on eBay. All right, they didn't send it then. Well, they sent it. They had to send it. I paid postage. Right. It's the monkeys, barrel full of monkeys. This is uh, quite a rare record because uh, there aren't many of it. And it was the last record released on Cole Jones Records. Right. And I thought we'd play a song from that. Go on. I'm going to. Do it then. Just doing it. It's a big one, so it'd have to be in long play. Where we go? Oh. Oh. Uh, I like that one. Let's hope it's not really badly scratched. I really scratched. like that one, though. You know my girl now? Yes. Let's have this one. Let's no, why not? You know my girl just called me up And she woke me from my friends you can get, I'm telling you. I'm gonna buy me a dog. My girl, my girl, no lime, no how. Don't ruin my song. <laughs> <laughs> the only song well, I already ruined. Well, it was wrong. Uh, where's the first? She used to bring me my, my newspaper. You don't even know where it's at. she knew where it was at. She used to keep me so I'm gonna buy me a dog. You can teach a dog to do that. You can only train elephants. Cause I need a friend now. I need a friend now. Now. Yeah. I'm gonna buy me a dog. A dog to get over Fido's spot. My girl, my girl, no lum, no how. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Hike! Hike. I was late on that one. <laughs> I just got back from Africa, you know. I was playing cards with the natives. Oh, Zulus? No, I usually won. Uh, uh. I wish I had a glass of water. Why, are you thirsty? No, I want to see if my neck links. <laughs> I buy a raccoon, but John already has one. <laughs> 35 well, bucks. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to buy me a dog. Dog. A dog. Mm, yeah. Because I need a friend now. 
Ooch, bop, bop, ram, lamb. I'm gonna buy me a dog. <laughs> What my girl, my girl don't let me know how, how, now, now, brown cow. <laughs> I think I'm gonna buy me a dog. Yes, sir. I'm gonna buy me a dog. If I was looking for a word to describe what I'm gonna buy, I think dog would, would be the word. Dog? It would be dog. Definitely that would come springing from my lips. Dog. <laughs> Morning. That's annoyed everybody, hasn't it? Apart from Kelly Betts, we were digging the monkeys. I'm going to buy me a dog, weren't we? Digging it. Digging it. Guys, listen, just a word of warning. Please, please, if you're a band in the 60s, I'm urging you, please, do not take drugs. It will uh, only end in that kind of uh, nonsense. Oh, no, 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 you stop that now. We finished. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Now, on to... Um... Oh, Graham's in Ellsby. Morning, Graham. Morning, here. What you got for us, boss? Just a uh, reminder, if you're doing that Vinyl Friday tomorrow... We're doing Vinyl Friday tomorrow. Yeah, I'll go and read my dad's records. We're going to bring... Kelly, bring in the records. OK. Uh, I'm going to bring in some records. Cathy, you going to bring the records? Yeah, I'll bring some records in. What, we're going to... Anything... <laughs> any requests, Graham? Um... No, no. Oh, anything. As long as it's not scratched. Make sure they're not scratched. We'll, we'll make sure... Trashed or scratched? Scratched. Scratched? Yeah. OK, we'll make sure they're not scratched, huh? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. The family of an elderly stroke patient are furious at the filthy conditions he endured at Watford General Hospital. Lara Weatherly raised the alarm after visiting her 76-year-old father in the acute assessment unit. He was sitting on a pressure cushion covered with someone else's faeces and urine. Horrible picture, isn't it? Uh, well, Catherine Boyle has been um, looking into this one and joins me in the studio. Catherine, what more do we know about this? Well, Eric Weatherly had suffered a double stroke and then contracted a serious urine and lung infection, which is why he was admitted to the isolation room in the acute assess- uh, admissions unit on October the 4th. A week later, on the 11th of October, his daughter Lara came to visit just as the nurses were putting Eric to bed. And that's when she noticed that the pressure cushion she'd been, he'd been sitting on was dirty. And that is an understatement. Mm. It was covered in another patient's mm. dry faeces and urine as you mentioned and Lara believes the staff must have known about it as it had been covered with a sheet without sort of looking straight away it was immediately trying to cover things up we then found out that this cushion had been in there for a whole week equipment is meant to be decontaminated and cleaned even if it was my father's which it wasn't uh, that shouldn't have been missed and out of all the staff and the nurses coming in and out that should be cleaned should be cleaned each day thoroughly I'm shocked, you know, as as someone who has family who goes in and out of hospital quite regularly, this is just beyond the pale. Uh, Lara has told us about other incidents, hasn't she, where where the nurses showed a complete lack of compassion. And this is what she's saying. You'll be talking to her later on in the programme, but um, she told us that one night her father complained to one of the nurses that he was cold and asked for a blanket, and the nurse apparently said to him, can't you get your wife to bring one in? On another occasion, he soiled himself, but the night staff, she says, could not be bothered to clean him properly, and they said that the morning staff would take care of it. Do you know what's sad? I can believe that. I can believe that quite easily. Uh, Something else happened as well to uh, Eric when he was discharged from hospital. Well, Lara says that her mother had a phone call from the hospital saying that um, Eric was being discharged on the 17th of October. Her father said that a doctor wanted to do an X-ray on him to make sure a blockage in his bowel was clear before leaving the hospital. And when her mum mentioned this to the nurse on the phone, the nurse knew nothing about it and said she'd follow up and call back. Shortly before he was due to come home, 
Lara's father soiled himself, and again she says he wasn't cleaned properly. Lara's staff at the hospital had stripped him of his dignity. When someone goes into hospital, I mean, whether they've had a stroke or not, it's not a very nice experience, and you should be made as comfortable as possible. You should be treated as kindly as possible. It really isn't happening, and... You know, when you come in and you've seen your father crying, you know, and he's always got some, something's happened, you know, they've said this to me and they've not cleaned me up. You, you just wouldn't treat, even treat an animal like that. It's just awful. Now, this is a hospital where you would expect it to be clean. Problem is, Watford General Hospital has had problems with cleanliness before, hasn't it? Yeah, and they've been highlighted uh, with concerns from the Care Quality Commission in a report uh, recently. On the visit in December, inspectors found bloodstains on the floor in one area that had not been cleaned. The report by the Care Quality Commission also highlighted concerns over staffing, infection control, record-keeping and risk management. In a statement, the CQC says the information related to this family is therefore concerning and no patient should have to experience what is reported to have happened to this gentleman. They've also warned of further inspections to make sure that standards have improved. I'm looking forward to speaking to the hospital later on in the show. What time are they coming on? We won't be speaking to the hospital. We did approach them, but they are not available. We tried to get Samantha Jones, the chief executive of the NHS Trust, uh, which is in charge of Watford General. But she says she's personally been to see Mr Weatherly. She's apologised to him and his family for the unacceptable condition of the cushion at his bedside. Um, And in a statement she says that when this was brought to the attention of the nursing staff, it was immediately removed. Oh, that's all right then. He's sitting on a cushion that's covered in other people's poo and uh, it, it gets removed when it's pointed out. Oh, that's all right then. Nice one, uh, Miss Jones. Samantha Jones also says disciplinary action could be taken. Could be. And a new regime of unannounced spot checks has just been put in place. You shouldn't need unannounced spot checks. That's ridiculous. You shouldn't need them. It's a hospital. There's poo there. There's blood there. We should clean it immediately. Oh, I'm angry now. We're also told that discussions with the company which manages the hospital's cleaning contract are taking place so that the highest possible standards of hygiene and cleanliness are constantly met. Stuff like this gets me angry because my mum does go in and out of hospital and she has been a lot recently. And we all... My little boy's been in hospital. We all go in and out of hospital or we know someone that has... This is a basic. Do we know how was it 150 years ago that someone first said, "Hey, maybe you should clean your hands before you do operations." It's a basic not to have poo and blood all over the place. Thank you, Catherine. Sorry, I'm angry about this, Miss Jones. I suggest if you want to give us a call this morning, you'd be more than welcome. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off this morning on the trains and possible delays at the moment of about 15 minutes on London Midland between Milton Keynes Central and Watford Junction. Also affecting Virgin trains as well. This is all due to a signalling problem. So far, taking a look at Milton Keynes, do expect delays on Standing Way at Newport Road due to roadworks taking place. And so far, the M25's moving well, as is the A1M. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Are you sure that's you, Nicola? Yeah. What year were you born? <gasps> That's a private question. Yeah, I, to my ears, you don't sound like Nicola Richards. You don't sound like the Nicola Richards we've learnt to um, love and not, not love and appreciate that we've learnt to tolerate. You, just oh, how lovely of you! Thank you. Just say there's been uh, there's there's roadworks on the M1 at Junction 11. Roadworks on the M1 just at Junction 11. I'm not con- I'm not convinced. Does that sound like Nicola Richards to you? No, it doesn't. It doesn't, does it? Because when she came on, I thought, who's this new... Who's this new girl? Who's this new girl? What should we call her? Well, the the Fakela Richards. Fakela... What would you call a fake Nicola Richards? Billy Wobbles. um...
17. It's uh, Thursday, the 23rd of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The daughter of a stroke patient has criticised Watford General Hospital after finding a cushion that her father had been sitting on covered in another patient's urine and faeces. The councillors at the heart of the Milton Keynes taxi scandal faced fresh calls to resign last night. At a packed council meeting, members of the public booed former Mayor Subhan Shafiq as he made a rare public appearance. And a woman from Hertfordshire who's dying from cancer could have been saved. That's according to a scathing report published today. 08459 455555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three. Good afternoon, welcome to the show. Local people. What's your story? Seems there's a law for them and then there's one for the press. And I disagree with what they're saying. Local views. In some cases, just 40% loss in value of their properties. Has Kevin Luton got it right? There is a responsibility when you're paid from the public purse. Local life. Do you want to know how much my carer's allowance goes up by every April when the tax year changes? Two quid. Roberto Peroni. And is it fair to target people on benefits. Weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm painting, my name's David Bowen, I'm painting a picture using a touchscreen computer tablet. I've got very good Wi-Fi connection in my house. Thank you, Iman. Still don't know what I was waiting for. And my time was running wild A million dead-end streets And every time I thought I got it made It seemed the taste was not so sweet So I turned myself to face me But I've never caught a glimpse Of how the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test Ch-ch-ch-change it Turn and face the strain Ch-ch-change it Don't wanna be a richer man Never leave the stream of warm and permanent sand So the days float through my eyes But still the days seem the same And these children that you spit on As they try to change their worlds Are immune to your consultations They're quite aware of what they're going through Changes Turn and face the strain Changes Don't tell them to grow up and out of it
David Bowie, isn't it? If you want to phone up and do an impression of David Bowie, Bob Dylan, or indeed, or indeed Mick Jagger, you're more than welcome to. 08459 555. Let's see how many David Bowies we can get on the air between uh, now and uh, nine o'clock. See, if we can get a dozen David Bowies on, I think, Catherine, I think, I need to check my Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, I've got, I've lost Norris McWhirter's phone number. Um, can't call Roy Castle anymore, unfortunately. Uh, I think that the uh, the maximum that I've ever been on one radio show, David Bowies, is four. So if we can, if we can um, beat four, world record. Oh, what challenge. Fingers crossed, eh, guys? Fingers crossed. Now, taxi licensing in Milton Keynes. This story just keeps on going and going, and more and more comes out. At a council meeting last night, residents, uh, uh, residents, private hire drivers and politicians packed the public gallery, calling on councillors at the heart of the scandal that saw a rapist granted a taxi licence to resign. Well, our Milton Keynes reporter, Craig Lewis, attended the meeting, joins me now. Craig, what happened last night? Well, Ian, it was something of a pantomime last night, complete with a pantomime villain, Saban Shafiq, who was booed by a packed public gallery as, as he entered the He turned uh, up, did he? Because he's been quite... Um, the, the, the rare appearances of him. Yeah, he's become a bit of a mystery man since since he resigned, but he uh, he was there last night. Um, he said one word during the entire meeting. Yeah. That, that was uh, abstain, okay. which I'll uh, explain a bit more about later. But, yeah, as he entered the... Uh, uh, the meeting, he he was booed by um, by a public gallery really that had a uh, a, a culmination of a couple of months of anger mm. uh, behind it. Uh, private hire drivers and uh, and residents there, and it stems from the revelation that Nadim Ahmed Kiani had been driving in the city despite having four convictions for sexual assault, including rape. Um, in August, two councillors Stuart Burke and Gladstone McKenzie resigned from the council's licensing committee over their part in the scandal. And Saban Shafiq, as we mentioned, he was forced to quit as mayor of Milton Keynes after it was revealed he'd personally vouched for Nadim Kiani. That decision uh, has been further brought into question uh, by a document from 2011. Uh, Saban Shafiq in that says he'd known Nadim Kiani since childhood, yet when he resigned he said he'd only known him for a few years. Mm. Uh, and throughout a noisy meeting last night, there were repeated calls for all three men to resign, and petitions were presented from the Young Greens of Milton Keynes and from UKIP calling for them to go. I'm guessing they didn't. Uh, no, they didn't. Uh, Stuart Burke told the council he had uh, no intention of quitting. He also spoke on behalf of um, uh, Saban Shafiq uh, to to say that uh, uh, Saban Shafiq would be staying as well. And uh, leader of the Labour Party, Peter Marlin, said Gladstone McKenzie had apologised, uh, wouldn't be going, uh, and that any decisions on any of the resignations should wait for the results of a council investigation, which is now not due until the end of November. Okay. Uh, and after the meeting, I asked Councillor Marland about the whole affair. I said tonight, rape is rape. There is no sort of mitigation of why or understanding of why you would put anybody in a position of trust as a taxi driver is. We have to go beyond that now. We have to think beyond that and make sure people are safe. But, you know, it's hard. It's hard to have something like that in your head for two months. I I know what that man did. I, I, I know that lots of people have seen the facts of what that man did. The disgusting... And there's a victim out there, I think, at the end of the day. And every time I think about this, I think about the victim. I don't think about what I did or, or what the council did. I think there's a victim there, and I want to make sure there are no more victims. He well, says there's a victim. There's several victims. Yeah, that, that's right. It was uh, it was prostitutes in London that Nadim Kiani was, um, was targeting with an accomplice. Uh, he raped them in the 
pretty much the most horrific way, assaulted them as well. So, yeah, certainly more than one victim. We, we've not heard from Saban Shafiq. Again, always welcome on this show. Uh, Councillor Stuart Burke hasn't spoken about uh, this public decision. Did he speak about it last night? He did. He was um, thrown into the middle of the storm somewhat last night by his leader, Douglas McCall, who um, who is uh, ill at the moment, so couldn't attend the meeting. Stuart Burke is uh, the deputy leader of the Liberal Democrats, so suddenly he was there having to answer questions from an angry, angry public calling for his resignation. Um, during the meeting, he said he wouldn't be stepping down. Uh, and even, actually, he went as far as to say that he wasn't sure he wouldn't make the same decision again, which, um, which didn't go down particularly well in the public gallery. Afterwards, I asked him why he had lifted a suspension on Nadim Kiani's licence in 2012. It's a difficult question to answer, because people say, well, you gave a licence to a rapist. And I said, well, there isn't an answer to that question. I did. That's what we did. I wasn't alone in that. There were other members of the committee who did it twice, you know, and we did it because we looked at all the evidence and that was the decision we came to. I mean, other people go, I don't understand how you do that, but that's what we did. Gosh, I'm actually speechless by his attitude there. That seems incredible. Uh, What was the reaction from the gallery? Well, I think they were um, quite similar to yourself, except they, they certainly weren't speechless. There was more calls for him to resign. They were, they were very unhappy with pretty much everything he says. He was labelled arrogant by the, um, by, by the gallery. Um, the new mayor, Derek Eastman, had to repeatedly ask for people to be quiet and to calm down. Um, and there were continued questions over whether Saban Shafiq and Stuart Burke had even said they were sorry about their part in the affair. Uh, so I asked Stuart Burke about that, and this is what he had to say. Sorry every day, because it's brought all this down on everybody. I'm sorry for myself, I'm sorry for Zaban, I'm sorry for Gladstone, I'm sorry for all the other councillors involved who've had their reputations besmirched. I'm sorry for the taxi driver because, you know, he's won what he thought was reasonable and he's now, you know, become a public figure not wanting to be. And, you know, there there are loads of people who I'm incredibly sorry for because it's been very difficult. Right, Stuart Burke's getting on my nerves very quickly because we're running out of time. I know we've got a little bit more to hear. Uh, He's sorry for the taxi driver who didn't want to be a public figure. Well, here's a suggestion. If you don't want to be a public figure, don't go around raping people. Uh, And there's another... He said sorry to Saban, sorry for what's happened to him, sorry for all the councillors, and sorry to the women whose lives are put at risk. I didn't hear that mentioned, Mr Burke. Didn't hear that mentioned. What else happened? Go on, sorry. Question about questions from the the public uh, gallery. Uh, yeah, there were there were also um, questions um, that, that, that well, they weren't the only thing that Stuart right. Burke had to deal with. Um, if you remember, we had these uh, these calls before because uh, Saban Shafiq was made a member of the Health Select Committee despite his resignation, despite his involvement in this. Alice Bramald um, promoted a motion at that last meeting, saying uh, basically that Saban Shafiq was unfit and, and calling for Douglas McCall to change that decision. Well, that motion went to full council last night, uh, and it was actually passed. By 39 votes in favour and 13, all the Liberal Democrats, not against, but abstaining from the vote. And that's where Saban Shafiq said his one word last night, abstain. Uh, it means Douglas McCall will now be asked to reconsider Saban Shafiq's position on the Health Committee. But considering a statement from his party said it would be totally inappropriate to take any action until the outcome of an internal audit investigation uh, that I mentioned earlier, it seems unlikely he's going to change that decision at all. You spoke to a couple of private hire drivers. Should we have a listen to what they had to say? There are hundreds of decent taxi drivers out there who are feeling outraged now, right now because of this situation. And the only way to uh, restore confidence in the public is for them to, to resign. 
Aside from uh, the resignations, do you feel that the council has done enough in other terms in term to make sure that, uh, that it's safe to get in taxis in Milton Keynes? Uh, not at all. Shafiq, so he's standing next to a man, he says he's his childhood friend. Next minute he says he didn't know him from Adam. This man had an eight-year prison sentence, did four for rape with assault in the back of a taxi. He stands there giving him a glowing reference. I thought it was a total sham. Uh, uh, Craig, excellent stuff. Thank you very much for that. Those council meetings sound like they're, they're fun. Are they always as exciting as that? Not normally quite that busy all the time. This was pretty exceptional, but there's normally a bit of backbiting and, okay. and fun to keep you interested. Give me a nod next time you go, and maybe we can go and get a few beers before, and I don't know. Anyway, uh, you heard uh, Councillor Stuart Burke there. He was sorry for, for what had been brought on him. Sorry for, sorry for what had been brought on Subanshevik. Sorry for the uh, convicted uh, violent rapist. Didn't hear him say sorry to the women whose lives have potentially been put at risk. Your thoughts on that, please? 08459 455 555. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M25, heading anti-clockwise, there's been a building fire just between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 at Kings Langley. Already looking rather heavy on the North Orbital Road, just at Junction 21A for the M25. So far, taking a look at the trains and seeing delays of up to about 15 minutes on London Midland between Milton Keynes Central and Watford Junction, also affecting Virgin trains. Yeah, it's it? all due to a signalling problem. Right, OK. Nicola Richards, BBC yeah. Three Counties yeah, Radio. That- Oh, it's oh Nicola Richards. Yeah. Is it Nick Nola Richards? Nick, no, Nick, no Nickers. No. Oh, is it? You're not Nicola Richards, and I claim my five pounds. Ha ha ha. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The daughter of a stroke patient has criticised Watford General Hospital after finding a cushion that her father had been sitting on covered in another patient's urine and faeces. Hospital Trust Chief Executive Samantha Jones has apologised personally to the family and says unannounced spot checks have started on all wards. The councillors at the heart of the Milton Keynes taxi scandal faced fresh calls to resign last night. At a packed council meeting, members of the public booed former Mayor Subhan Shafiq and a woman from Hertfordshire who's dying from cancer could have been saved according to a scathing report published today. The Health Service Ombudsman says West Hertfordshire NHS Trust failed to detect and treat the disease. Three Counties Sports BBC Three Counties Radio Mixed fortunes for Liverpool and Arsenal in the Champions League last night. Liverpool lost 3-0 at home to Real Madrid with Cristiano Ronaldo and Karim Benzema with two scoring before half-time to the disappointment of Liverpool boss Brendan Rodgers. We can see the pro goals against the top side, but then second half we technically were much better, kept possession of the ball better and were a threat. So overall, I thought it was a bit harsh for us to be 3-0 down at half-time, but... As you see, their quality and speed and you know the level of their game is, is at a high level. But obviously, it's disappointing when you're 3-0 at half-time. But Arsenal scored twice in the closing minutes through Kieran Gibbs and Lucas Podolski to win 2-1 away to Anderlecht. Here's Arsene Wenger. I know by experience that the last five minutes in the Champions League, uh, the nerves play a part. 
we had to get into these five minutes without conceding a second goal. Of course, if they had scored the second goal, it was game over. I had hope. It didn't look like, but it happened. And that means we took all the risks and in the end it paid off. A Luton side featuring a number of players returning from injury beat Hemel Hempstead 3-0 in a friendly at the Hatters training ground yesterday afternoon. Kirtley Williams, Fraser Franks, Paul Connolly, Luke Rooney and Jake Howells all played. Wickham have been fined £1,000 after admitting an FA charge of failing to ensure players conducted themselves in an orderly fashion. It happened in the closing stages of this month's game against Northampton who were also fined. And in cycling, 2013 champion Chris Froome says he may skip next year's Tour de France because the course doesn't suit him. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Finally, what's wrong? These headphones are on a very short leash. Um, try the other ones. The other ones should work. You just can't move because it will. they will be intermittent. No. Science, stop. Laboratories, close and lock your doors, burn your equipment. Doctors, scientists and researchers, go home. Your work here is done. They've invented omelette on a stick. (laughs) And this looks flipping, genuinely looks brilliant. Vertical grill turns out the perfect breakfast on the go. It's called a roly, different from the rollies I used to have at college. These ones, well, this one is still quite magic. An omelette on a stick might not appear the most appetising way to start the day. Well, Sean Poulter, Consumers Affairs Editor from the Mail, you're wrong. I can't think of a better way to start the day. Delicious. However, the import from the US is being presented as the ideal breakfast on the go. It's one of the foods, one of the foods, that can be created using the Roly Vertical Grill from the US. Uh, essentially, the Roly is a heated tube with a non-stick coating on the inside. I'm, I'm doing this because I'm hoping that uh, Roly will send us one free. No, not allowed to do that on the BBC. No. That would be awful. Could you send it straight back? It would be awful, but if you were to send it to me, I would certainly continue saying excellent things about your fine company on this radio station. You wouldn't. This is a joke. Uh, the user... This, listen to this, site. Right? This is flipping brilliant, right? The user simply cracks two eggs... Pours in the mixture and then partway through the heating procedure adds a stick down the middle as it begins to solidify. That's my kind of cooking. I don't eat enough stick-based food. The cylindrical omelette pops up when it's cooked. Oh yeah. In what the manager boasts is an easy uh, the manufacturer boasts is an easy to eat shape. This <laughs> easy to eat. Because <laughs> you know they're tricky otherwise, aren't they? The always? company claims it takes five to six minutes to cook. However, and this is where we get to the heart of the story. The company claims it takes five to six minutes to cook. However, video bloggers who've actually tried it suggest it may take six to eight minutes. Oh. Here we go. It looks brilliant. It only costs 30 quid. 30 quid! This sounds awesome. Kels, do you want to have a a vertical omelette? Yes, I'd love one, but where do you get all the sticks from? Stick shop. Yeah, isn't it? Okay. um, Stickland. Where's the nearest Stickland? Stickarama. Well, you've got all your dead stick insects. We could use some of those. (laughs) Couldn't we? You've been murdering them. No, they're babies. Well, you have tiny omelettes. Um, Add a bit of crunch. No. Yeah? Taste test. I'll tell you what, we'll do a taste test on the show tomorrow. We'll bring in food and we'll taste it. Seriously, about these sticks, though? Yes, sir. Where are you going to get them from? Oh. Cook shops. She doesn't know nothing. There's loads of shops you can get sticks. I mean, I... There's loads of... You can go to the woods and get some sticks. You know, you know, collected sticks. My boys have got loads of sticks. I'll bring you sticks. Have you never had a cake pop? 
Yeah. Cake pops. Okay. I can make cake pops. Delicious. Yeah, well, I can make um, uh, vertical sticks. Whoa. No, hang on. The, what are these called? Omelette pops. Omelette omelet what? Om pops. Om pops. I'm going to make some om pops. Om pops. They should use, right. They should use Om Pop, no, Um Bop by um, uh, Handsome. Yeah. And call it Om Pop. Yeah. Om Pop and to be about Om Pop. Queue up Om Pop for have the Om Pop before seven o'clock, please. Oh, this is great. Yeah? What's wrong, Kath? You're, you don't want any Om Pops? I don't want a free one. If I was going to get one, and I won't reveal that because that would maybe advertise it to oh, other people, and I would buy one secretly. You really do abide by the rules of the BBC and Ofcom, don't yes, you? Yes, because I'm staff. Anyway, struck <laughs> off. Doctor who went sick from hospital for. Guess what? I've Guess just, what? I've just been sent a very rude message by Scott. I can't read that out. He's talking about vertical things he's yes. got that you can eat. Yes. Right, go on. What's this doctor done? Um, he has wagged it from work. <laughs> But stupidly, he wagged it to go on telly. <laughs> what a plum! A doctor's been struck off for moonlighting as a television pundit. He was on, on moonlighting. Glo- <laughs> remember that program? Yeah, it was rubbish, wasn't it? Vaguely remember it. I was very, very tiny. <sighs> You probably remember it really clearly. Yeah. A doctor's been struck off for moonlighting as a television pundit on global assignments while claiming sick pay. Oh, cheeky. Ed Holloway was attracted to the glamour of prestigious events in the equestrian calendar rather than routine hospital shifts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the dashing medic... Hang on, we'll be the judge of that. He's, da- he's quite good-looking. Well, I bet he's a smooth operator. He looks, he looks posh. Let's leave it at that. Posh operator. He would become ill at weekends so he could fly off to show jumping and eventing competition. Oh, mate. He once sported a tan on his return to work despite bad weather in Britain and was only found out when he was rumbled by a colleague. Ladies and gentlemen, Gentlemen, the phone in today. When have you been caught bunking off? Oh eight four five nine. It always delivers gold. That one. When have you been caught bunking off? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I never forget the story of um, uh, someone who had uh, gone. They bunked off school to go and see a football match, but then they've been seen on like match of the day. There's been a big close up of them. There's Gareth who works here. Who went? Gary to, Floyd. Yeah, yeah. He went to a horse race. What? And he bunked off. It's work. Yeah. But he worked at like Comet or somewhere that had a bank of televisions. Oh. And then there's him and his brother celebrating a win at the, <laughs> the King's, whatever it was, race that he went to. And it was on all the tellies in the Fantastic. shop. Fantastic. Boss saw it. 08459-455555. When have you ever been caught um, bunking off? This guy, he admitted he'd been in America after a fellow medic recognised his voice on Sky's Horse and Country channels. Flipping <laughs> it. There's so many good things in the paper. I didn't know. Hey, Kelly, guess how many books um, Katie Price has written? Seven. Nope. Higher or lower? One of those. Don't give her the finger. One of those. Higher. Right, higher. Fourteen. Higher. Twenty-one. Higher. Thirty-two. Higher. No, she hasn't read that many. She's she's, <laughs> she's not read that many. She's written. She's writing or just written her forty-second book. Katie Price, I can't even... I've tried writing books before. I've, I cannot do it. She's written 42 books. Um, magazine articles that you've been in don't count. No, she's written books. She writes kids' books. Does she really? Being Jordan, number one, Being Jordan, my autobiography. That's a kids' book. Number two, A Whole New World, Boy Meets Girl in the Jungle, they release a single and star in a... Uh, Angel, Katie Price's Perfect Ponies. <laughs> that's, uh, that's definitely... That's a photo book. <laughs> I'm looking at our perfect ponies now. Um, then the next book, number five, Perfect Ponies, Little Treasures. Number six, Perfect Ponies, Fancy Dress Ponies. Well, she's got fancy dress there. Number, lots of perfect ponies. We go to number 11, Crystal. 
Number 12, push to the limit. Katie gives birth to third child, Princess Tiami. <laughs> 13, Angel Uncovered. 14, goes back to the perfect ponies then. <laughs> Always back to the perfect ponies. Number 39, listen to this book, In the Name of Love. This is a strange... Uh, I don't know this uh, activity. We need to start reading this. Spunky sports presenter Charlie has a holiday romance with Philippe Castillo, who she discovers is related to the Spanish royal family. Will he come back to win her heart? Yes. Yes, he will. <laughs> that's the summary. That's the summary. Hey, listen, do you know what I fancy right now? Fancy an on-pop.
news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M25, heading anti-clockwise, very slow at the moment on the sensors between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 at Kings Langley. Also rather heavy anti-clockwise between 17 at Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Take a look at the trains, seeing delays of up to about 15 minutes at the moment on both London Midland and Virgin trains between Milton Keynes Central and Watford Junction. It's all due to a signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, if you say so. Fakeler Richards, more like. Nicholish. Sorry, your microphone was off. Nicholish. No, I'm saying sorry, your microphone's off. Don't talk. This is my bit. Nicholish Richards. I hate licorice. I love it. I really, I, I can't stand it. Nicholish, I can't. No, licorice, um, aniseed, mm. uh, pan and the almonds. I can't stand any of those things. I'll hoover them for you. Thank you very much indeed. 6.46, it's Thursday, it's the 23rd of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The daughter of a stroke patient has criticised Watford General Hospital after finding a cushion that her father had been sitting on covered in another patient's urine and faeces. The councillors at the heart of the Milton Keynes taxi scandal faced fresh calls to resign last night. At a packed council meeting, members of the public booed former Mayor Subhan Shafiq. And a woman from Hertfordshire who's dying from cancer could have been saved. That's according to a scathing report published yesterday. Coming up, I'll tell you what, we'll have a quick word with Dealey. We'll uh, talk more through the papers. Uh, but before that, let's get the weather, shall we? Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. You're not going to introduce me? Well, no, because I don't normally introduce the weather. All right, um, it, it's... I want it in a really good... All right, OK, 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 OK. hang on a second. We're going to do it properly, then. If we're going to do it properly, we're going to do it properly. That's my motto in life. Um, Since when? Sorry, your microphone's off, Catherine. Since when? No, I'm sorry, your microphone's off. Since when has that been your motto? It's always been my motto. Has it? Ever since I was asked to give a talk at... It's rather cloudy no! and my... Oh. Go. Three spots of rain. Shh, go. Oh, no, hang on, that's the wrong... Oh. Bum. There we go. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, if we can uh, just uh, hold on to your tickets, the Western Express is pulling out. Let's get the latest weather report with Steve Weston. Yes, thank you, Ian. It's rather cloudy and mild with a few spots of rain this evening and tonight. It'll be a milder night. Yeah, I know, it's October. It's October, it'll be cold and wet. What did I just say? It'll be raining. No, what did I just say when you spoke over me? It'll be a milder night tonight than it was last night. still be cold, though. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Generally cloudy (laughs) conditions. The cloud may become thick enough to give the odds... You're thick enough. ...of rain in places. Give you a spot of rain in a minute. ...hill fog is likely to affect... ...such as the... Would you like to know the minimum temperature? No! Then that's the end of your weather. Every Saturday from 12. Great songs you haven't heard for years. Justin Dealey. This still sounds incredible. Jay has texted me. This one's for you. Coming up today, we go back to the 70s for our golden oldie rundown. Let's get that jukebox open. Two hours of great music and great memories. She says, this reminds me of when I used to go to the Unicorn Pub in Leighton Buzzard. We are playing the UK charts from this day back in 1970. Martin in Woburn Sands has texted me. It was first recorded. Recorded by Richard Chamberlain in 63. Justin Dealey. Spread the word two hours of great songs and great memories. Every Saturday from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Giza.
Smith there from the Sam Smith organization and then you single Sam Smith sings what am I Dealey mm, yeah you, you love music I love music do you like Sam Smith yeah nice vibe actually quite a nice song it's, it's a nice job I can imagine putting that on half past 11 you go back from the boozer mm. you, you pull you, you pull yourself a shot of whiskey yep. and you sit down and cry because you've got nothing in your life and everything is falling around your ears and your marriage has failed you miss one key thing there if yes. you're going to come back from the boozer at the weekend match of the day first <laughs> good lad well done yes. thank you very much indeed mm. what am I am I missing out by having no no Rufus Wainwright in my record collection. Because people love people love Rufus Wainwright. He's very yep. prolific. I've heard him interviewed. I think he's a funny guy. 
Funny guy. Hey, he's a funny guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does all the genres, the pop, the country, the opera, the music, all the genres. But I don't... I, am I missing something, Just? I, I think you've got to try it for yourself. I think you've got to go home. I think you've got to play the music. And if it works for you, it works for you. What you're saying is you've not heard any. Well... <laughs> that's what you're saying, isn't it? Yes, yes. Are you that's suge- what I'm Are you suggesting I should dip into Rufus Wainwright's? Why not? OK. Catherine, are you a fan of, of Rufus Wainwright, the RW? I don't know, but I feel like I would like to be. I feel I would like to be. Because there are people I like who like them. I remember ages like ago, Wainwright. a friend of mine said, you've got to listen to this Rufus Wainwright song, you'll love it. And I, I didn't listen to it. I don't click on links. His sister is also a singer, isn't she? Well, his dad's Loudon Wainwright, who used to ruin the Jasper Carrot show in the oh, late really? 70s. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, don't... I mean, I've got nothing to do for the next two hours. I might uh, YouTube him and like, see. I'll let you know if it's worth a... Ouch. What? What you just said. Would I say something Nothing wrong? to do for the uh, next two hours. Oh. Producing a groundbreaking breakfast show, I thought. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. But I can do that with half an ear. <laughs> oh, he's walking out. Goodness me. Get knotted, Kath. <laughs> get, get knotted. Ta-ra. OK. My plan has worked. My plan has worked, Justin. Orcs, orcs. What we're going to do then, let's have a look in the papers and see... Oh, there's this thing about the purple dog. Have you seen that? No, no, I haven't, actually. They've stolen this dog £16,000 for an admittedly cute dog. They're calling it a lilac bulldog. It doesn't look lilac to me. It looks kind of like a sort of buff brown colour. What do you reckon? Well, do you know what? Every time I've been on the streets on this one, talking to dog owners, I've never come across anybody who's ever had their dog stolen. Not one person. I don't know. There, there, there could be somebody listening right now. It's happened to them. Could be something in that. I don't know. But there's a few other things as well in the papers. Is this um, one? Have you seen the tattooed woman? No, no. Go on, tell me more. <laughs> Ian's just um, banged on the window and he's wearing my jacket. It's very, very tiny and tight oh. on him. He looks lovely. Bless him. Bless him. Right, OK. I'll tell you about this one. This is uh, a teaching assistant turned up for work. She has tattoos on her neck. Yep. She's got a piercing, like, through her nose, you know, like a bit like if you take a prize bull to market. Yep. She's got one of those there. And she's got them up her legs. She says that she was turned away from the job. She's got them on her chest as well and down her arms. She was sent home on the first day of her new job at a Catholic school because of her ta- tattoos. Um, designs on her feet, hands and neck were inappropriate. She was told to cover them up. Tattoos. I, I reckon we always get we always get feedback on tattoos on the street. What do you yeah, reckon? It's a good one. I'll tell you a, a very quick story. My hairdresser the other week came round to me and she went for a new job recently and she covered up all of her tattoos for the job interview. Uh, she got a few piercings as well. And when she went for that meeting, she said, look, yes, I'm covered up today, but just to let you know, I have got tattoos and the piercings I've got, which may look slightly unusual. Uh, if you like, if you are to give me this job, I can take those out for you if you so desire. So she's certainly been for jobs before where she feels her tattoos have prevented her from actually getting that job. All right. That's how serious she is. Well, we'll do the uh, should your tats hold you back. <laughs> Phone yes. in. Absolutely. Game on. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. But if you see Justin Dealey uh, thundering towards you on the streets, that's what he'll be asking you. Well, I haven't got one tattoo. I haven't Nowadays, either. I feel like I'm like the odd one out. Wherever I go somewhere, most people have got tattoos and some of them... They look ridiculous. If you've got a tattoo which is special to you, let's just say it's the the name of your child, that that I think is is perfectly understandable. But but some people who get these weird tattoos, the, the, these Chinese tattoos, what has that got to do with you and your family? Absolutely nothing. Don't get it personally. But there you go. Just my opinion. If you do get it, call me now. All right, four five nine four double five five double five. Ian, can you stop? What were you putting in your pocket? 
My keys. So, sorry, what was that? <laughs> what was that? You're producing in there. Yeah, I am. Um, um, Going well? Do, it's going very well, actually. Turns out this job is a piece of cake, and I think <laughs> Catherine is proving that my job is really, really difficult, and not just anyone can do it. Oh, really? Do you need me to come and help you, Catherine? No, it's fine. Oh, OK, carry on. OK, thanks very much. So that's why we don't talk to producers very often, um, because it's a skill, isn't it, Justin, as you know? It is, yes, yes, a very big skill. A big, very big skill, indeed. Skill. He has got his shoes under the desk here. He's in there in his bare feet. What a muppet. OK, I'm going to go to the streets. I will catch you guys later on. You're a good one. I'll speak to you later. Take care. Bye. Yes, bye. bye. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Already looking rather slow on the Great North Road this morning at the Black Cat roundabouts. Also the A1M heading southbound, rather heavy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, starting to build up at the moment between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 at Kings and Langley. And on Canberra this morning in Boreham with the Barnet Bypass already queuing between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Onto the trains and delays on both London Midland and Virgin services between Mill Wilson Keynes Central and Watford Junction and this is all due to a signalling problem there. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Nicola may I say you are wonderful on the travel and I will never be rude to you. If we're missing anything on your journey to or from work 08459 give us a shout. Coming up in the next hour hopefully Ian will get off his backside and get back in here because frankly I think I'm storming this and he should be worried. Coming up, we'll be talking about all kinds of things and taking your phone calls too. Don't miss it. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Watford Hospital criticised over cleanliness, fresh calls for Milton Keynes taxi row councillors to resign and scathing report into treatment of Hertfordshire cancer patients. BBC Three Counties Radio. The daughter of a double-stroke patient has branded infection control at Watford General Hospital a joke. Lara Weatherly found a cushion that her father had been sitting on covered in another patient's urine and faeces. Hospital Trust Chief Executive Samantha Jones has apologised personally to the family and says unannounced spot checks have started on all wards but Lara says her father was stripped of his dignity. You should be made as comfortable as possible, you should be treated as kindly as possible, it really isn't happening and you know, when you come in and you've seen your father crying you know and you just wouldn't treat, even treat an animal like that. It's just awful. Meanwhile, a radical plan to improve the NHS and cut its funding deficit is being unveiled by health service bosses today. They suggest patients could be offered financial incentives to lose weight, but they warn the NHS will still need increased funding from the government. The councillors at the heart of the Milton Keynes taxi scandal faced fresh calls to resign last night. At a packed council meeting, members of the public called on Subhan Shafiq, Stuart Burke and Glad and Mackenzie to quit. Former Mayor Shafiq was booed. Leader of the council, Peter Marlin, said the council has no power to make them resign. I've said the same thing all along. They have to look at their own consciences. As far as I'm aware, only one of the, those councillors has offered a full apology. It's not within the council's gift to make them resign. They just have to think about what they've done. Anti-terrorist police have searched a house in Kempston following the arrest of a 25-year-old woman in Bedfordshire yesterday morning. She's accused of preparing acts of terrorism. 
The house in Granville Street was one of two to be searched in Bedfordshire. Officials in Canada say a gunman who killed a soldier and attacked the parliament in Ottawa was a Muslim convert considered to be a high-risk suspect. The man had had his passport confiscated to prevent him fighting abroad. A notorious police killer is to be released from prison after serving more than 45 years behind bars. Harry Roberts, who's 78, was convicted of murdering three unarmed policemen in West London in 1966. A woman from Hertfordshire who's dying from cancer could have been saved, according to a scathing report published today. The Health Service Ombudsman says West Hertfordshire NHS Trust failed to detect and treat the disease. More from Lee Agnew. The 41-year-old was referred to a breast clinic in May 2010, but the correct tests weren't carried out to rule out cancer. The single mother has since been told that she has terminal breast cancer, which has spread to the liver, brain and bone. The Ombudsman says that had she been treated early enough, her life would probably have been saved. It says the trust, which has already paid the woman compensation, should make a sincere apology and ensure that it can't happen again. In sport, Liverpool lost 3-0 at home to Real Madrid in the Champions League last night, but Arsenal scored twice in the closing minutes to win 2-1 away to Anderlecht. The weather slightly warmer but cloudier than yesterday, with patchy light rain possible at times, a maximum temperature 16 degrees Celsius, and you can get Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a beautiful village. We're surrounded by nice open countryside. Telling everyone about where you live. You've got the old part on one side of the A6. You've got the newer part on the other side. All this week, we're exploring Barton Leclay. Some lovely old buildings. So it gives it a real sort of sense of a real feature to the place. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't worry, guys. We've had words. Normal. Good morning, BBC Three Counties. Oh, for goodness sakes. You can't keep a quiet morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy show this morning. Dirty hospitals. Well, Watford Hospital in particular. Horrible story about the conditions one stroke victim found himself in. We'll be speaking to the hospital later. We won't. They're not coming on. Also talking about tats this morning. Well, there's lots of stuff in the papers, actually. We'll just have a leisurely stroll through the papers as the morning goes on, I think. Across beds, hearts and bugs. Got one. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We forgot to update about the story of uh, Jenny Winder. Oh, of course, Jenny Winder, the uh, head teacher of... Is it Elstow? Elstow School. Elstow School, as you may well remember. It's been a big story, not just been on this station, it's been on loads of national radio stations in all the papers. I think it may have even popped up on a few TV reports. Uh, she was the uh, headmistress, she is the headmistress of Elstow School, and uh, had booked to take a week off in term time in January, despite the fact that she regularly uh, tells parents that they, they can't take time off in term time. And there was... Uh, Well, there was a mixed reaction. Some people were furious at this and some people said, well, she deserves it. Well, what's the latest? The latest is she's cancelled her holiday. That's according to newspaper reports. Ah, which would imply that the extenuating circumstances, the exceptional circumstances, Mm -hmm. I think is the phrase, weren't actually that 
exceptional. If she could cancel it just after a few days, then I guess that means that perhaps she didn't have the, the valid reason that was being implied that she did have. A really surprising turnaround, considering when we spoke to her, and we didn't speak to her very much because she just didn't want to discuss it, but no. uh, Justin managed to catch a couple of words with her, and the couple of words were, my personal life is my personal life. Well, if, uh, for example, those words were, listen to this. Okay. All right, we're teaming This is five live. Thank you indeed. Thanks for the insight. It's just coming up to five to five. This is where this story Parents took us. Primary school in Bedfordshire are angry with the head teacher after finding out that she's taking time off during term time. Jenny Winder, who's the head of Elstow School in Bedford's, booked a week of leave in January, just after the end of the Christmas holiday. Parents aren't happy because they face a £60 fine if they take their children out of school without permission during term time. Our reporter Justin Dealey spoke yeah. to Jenny Winder outside the that's, school. That's where the story took us to the bizarre parallel universe where Justin Dealey is a five-line reporter. I'm guessing, I'm assuming, I'm hoping that that gig is over for him now. It would have to be, wouldn't it? I mean, that was, that was his one story. Well... He's ours for Stranger keeps. things have happened, haven't they? He's ours for keeps, isn't he? We can't get rid of him. Uh. He's like, um, it's like when you, when you drop one in the car, you just cannot get rid of it, that, that stench. Wow. Sorry? That's a simile and a half. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, so she's not going on holiday. I'm, I'm assuming she's apologised to everyone as well. No, it turns out she hasn't said sorry. She hasn't said sorry. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I also want to... I, we, we've kind of avoided the whole Ched Evans thing. Mm-hmm. Have you seen his statement? No. I didn't see it. Have you heard any of his statement? No, tell me. I'll, I'll tell you later on, because it's, um... Well, he doesn't use the word rape. He uses the word infidelity. Yeah, I know, it's an interesting... We'll have a look at it later on. 08459 But, uh, well, a rather tragic and sad uh, local story. The family of an elderly patient have sparked a cleaning programme at Watford General Hospital after finding him sitting in somebody else's filth. I think you know what I'm talking about when we say that. Laura Weatherly uh, raised the alarm after finding her 76-year-old father using a pressure cushion encrusted with somebody else's urine and faeces. Been covered with a sheet as though to cover it up. Well, the directors at West Hearts Hospital Trust have responded to this and a number of other complaints with a programme of unannounced spot checks. Terrible story. We we all use hospitals. We all have family members that go to hospitals. And the thought of somewhere being unclean like that is horrible. We can speak to uh, Eric's daughter, Lara, now. Morning, Lara. Hello. How are you? I'm really shocked by this story. Uh, am I? Actually, bits of it don't shock me. I think that's the sad thing. Tell, tell me about your dad. Why did he have to go to hospital? Well, basically, he's been in and out of hospital like your mother um, sort of for like last couple of years uh, with infections. Uh, this time he had um, a really bad urine infection and he also had a lung infection as well um, a couple of months before he had pneumonia. So, um, so he's been very poorly, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, really, really poorly. Um, so they admitted him and then um, they put him on some heavy antibiotics and then they moved him to an isolation ward. Um, that was like around the 4th of October on the Saturday. Um, and he, he hasn't been sitting out in the chair on the pressure cushion because he's been really poorly. Um, when I went up there on Saturday the 11th, a week later, uh, they'd only just started sitting him out on the pressure cushion for him to eat his breakfast. Well, when I went in there, uh, where the pressure cushion was uh, inflated, it was sort of pushing him off the chair. So I went over to sort of hold my dad, and uh, as I looked down the side, I could see it was encrusted with urine and feces. But they just, they put like a pillowcase on top of it. 
So immediately I just I thought, right, I took a photograph um, and then we called the nurses. The nurses came in and as the nurses were putting him back to bed, um, I said to the nurses, is there anyone in charge on this unit here? And they just looked at me and said, no, there's no one in charge. The implication that you've made up from the fact that there was a, a, a pillowcase over the top is that, that someone possibly knew about this and was just doing it to cover it up. Well, yeah, excuse the pun, literally, yeah. yeah. Um, I then went, I had to go out to the other unit to find someone in authority, uh, managed to get a sister, explain to her, um, and then she said, oh, I'll be around in a minute. It probably sounds like, you know, it's probably your father's, uh, which I damn well knew it wasn't my father's. Um, so I came back in, I thought that's when I thought, well, I'll take the video. So I took the video. Um, then the, 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 the sister came in then and um, said, well, you know, it, it, you know, it looks to me like it could be your father's. And I said it wasn't, you know, for one thing, it can't be his urine. It's all dried and he's got a catheter as well, suprapubic catheter. Um, and then they put their hands up eventually and said, yeah, it, you know, we really apologise. Mm. We'll, um, you know, investigate it. We'll take it further. And um, that was that. That was the this end is, of that. This is just... Um this is just a real basic. This isn't even, you know, the complication of giving the right medication or something. This is just basic cleanliness mm. in a hospital. Mm. It's just, it's disgusting. Well, it is. There's, there's no other word for it. it. If you saw it, it's just absolutely disgusting. There are other incidents in the hospital that you're not particularly happy with, Lara. What, 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 are, what are they? No, there was a couple of other things. There was one where they had my father was handing some mouldy bread, uh, which they did put their hands up to and said all the bread was chucked away. Um, and there was two incidences on the night staff where, um, obviously, my father, they'd found um, a blockage in his bowel. Uh, my father's got quite a large stomach, um, and uh, they'd been giving him some sort of some laxatives to try and clear this big blockage that he's got. Um, he opened his bowels up. When the night nurse come round, she only half cleaned him up. He was, he, he was still filthy down there. And then she turned around and said, just leave it. The morning staff can deal with that. Do you know what? That's the one that doesn't surprise me. No, <clears throat> That's I know. the one where I heard that. And I thought, yeah, I can, I, can, I can believe that. And I think that's so tragic. It's so sad, isn't yeah. it? There's no dignity in that at all. No, there isn't. And then it, it, he got really cold in the night as well. And he rang the buzzer and he asked for a blanket. And the nurse came in and said, well, can't your wife bring one in? You know, one of them ones you throw over a horse. So... I just, you know... Oh, well, uh, how, how is, how's your dad now? Um, he's home now. It did yeah. have a knock-on effect, actually, which I'm going to just quickly tell you yeah, about. Um, I had a meeting. I'd just like to say that I haven't even spoken to Samantha Jones. She did meet with my mum and dad. That's, that's the chief executive of the NHS Trust in she charge is. of Watford General. We've not spoken to her. She, she didn't want to come on the show today. She's too busy, apparently. No. But we've got a statement. We've got, we've got a few lines for her. But go on. So you, you've not been able to speak to her. Uh, she's not apologised to me. She's, um, and I had a big meeting with Tracy Carter, the chief nurse, Rachel Reed, who's the matron um, of the isolation AA unit. Uh, Samantha Jones was meant to be there. There was a no-show from her. Um, uh, anyway, on the Friday, um, my mother got a phone call saying that my father was going to be discharged. Uh, the doctor at the hospital said that he needed his bowel to be x-rayed. Uh, the nurse knew nothing about this, and she said to my mother, look, I'll, I'll ring you back. Um, the nurse did ring back and said, oh, yes, he is having an x-ray because they wanted to make sure this blockage was clear before he went home. Um, 
anyway, next thing we know, my father, he'd opened his bowels up about 30 minutes before he was due to be discharged. Um, and uh, the nurse come round, again, didn't clean him properly whatsoever. Then they put him in the transport. They didn't even dress him. They just left him in his gown and nappy, and even the paramedics were quite shocked about it, the transport people, because there was mess all on the stretcher as well, and they said they hadn't been cleaned up. Um, and when we got home, we realised that he was sent home without an X-ray, and uh, we had to call the doctors out yesterday, and the doctor turned around and said that he didn't need an enema because he hadn't been to the toilet for five days because of the blockage. Samantha Jones, we've mentioned a few names. This is focused on Samantha Jones. She is the chief executive of the NHS Trust in Mm. charge of Watford General. Mm. Uh, She is too busy to come on the show. I think that's the excuse that we've been given. And we offered her several options of when she could come on. She can come on any time she wants. Um, she says, she, this is what we've got. She's apologised to um, your dad and his family for the unacceptable condition of the cushion. She says when this was brought to the attention of ner- nursing staff, it was immediately removed. Why it would need to be brought to the attention of nursing staff is beyond me. Samantha, also, Samantha Jones also says disciplinary action could be taken and a new regime of unannounced spot checks have been put in place. What's your reaction to that, Lara? Well, they've been saying this for a few years now about the spot checks. I mean, the system is obviously failing. It's not working. I mean, how can you have a cushion like that, which had been sitting in there for a whole week? I was told by the nurse that when the patients go into the isolation unit, into the room, the pressure cushion goes in there with them. So that's come from somewhere. I want to know where that cushion has come from, because somebody else, that's somebody else's feces and urine on there. So, and they've all missed that. They've, mm. All these spot checks, they've not done a spot check all the nurses have missed it. All, mm. Everybody's missed that. I would love to question Samantha Jones. Laura, listen, I really appreciate you speaking out. Uh, okay. Got my fingers crossed for your dad. I hope everything turns out all right for him. Thank you. Thank and, you um, and, and, and well done. Thank you for sharing your story. What for General Hospital there? Uh, no one from the hospital prepared to come on, which is... Um, I was going to say, it's a shame. Actually, I think it's pretty poor. I think it's pretty poor that they've not come on. Yeah. Because this is a this is a, this is a basic thing. The, you know, the the, the the being sent home to, to one side. The basic cleanliness of a hospital. That's obvious. And that's all part of infection control. We've, it, she's not alone in this either, and it would appear that it's not just Watford. We've had a text through from Lisa in Hitchin saying, Our son was six months old when he first had to go into a Bedfordshire hospital with a bout of bronchiolitis. Bronchiolitis. He had to stay in for four days. Normally, I wouldn't mind hospitals, but I kept pestering the doctors by the end of discharges when our son started to get better. During the four days there, there was a very high number of children being admitted with a sickness bug, and in those four days, the only cleaning I saw was when a scruffy bloke pushed a filthy-looking mop around the middle of the floor on only one of those days. The hand sanitizers were also empty. The doctors agreed it was unacceptable, said there was nothing they could do because the cleaning was contracted out, so it was nothing to do with them. I caught the sickness bug, but thankfully my son didn't. Your stories, please, 08459 555555. On a lighter note, we'll be talking about tats, and we're also talking about when have you been caught bunking off from school or work? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Did I miss travel? Did we miss it? Maybe miss she's it? not talking to you anymore. Well, would you, do you want to introduce it? I was it? so she, nice to her before. Do you, do you want to introduce it, see if she talks to you? Maybe no? And we can't hear that. We're not allowed to hear the fire alarm at the travel centre. That's outrageous. 
let's keep our fingers crossed that the uh, everybody in the travel building is safe and secure. 7.17, it's Thursday, the 23rd of October. I'm Ian Lee. They are, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The daughter of a stroke patient has criticised Watford General Hospital after finding a cushion that her father had been sitting on covered in another patient's urine and faeces. The councillors at the heart of the Milton Keynes taxi scandal faced fresh calls to resign last night. At a packed council meeting, members of the public booed former Mayor Saban Shafiq. And a woman from Hertfordshire who's dying from cancer could have been saved. That's according to a scathing report published today. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Oh, if only there were sports on Saturday. What? There is? Stroke R? On Saturday afternoon, live football is the order of the day. We'll start with hearing how the managers are thinking. Both going into it in good form, so we know how difficult the afternoon's going to be. I want the individuals to flourish, I want the individuals to get better. Then move on to live commentary of Watford, Luton, MK Dons and Stevenage. On to his right foot, goes for the far corner and scores! Great strike from Watford, take the lead here! Straight into the bottom of Freeman, and it's a gift that Stevenage have the lead! Rounding off the day, there's your views and all the reaction after the final whistles. He seems bulletproof to me, but football-wise, he's deluded and clueless. Three County Sports. Saturday from 2, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, gosh, I've just seen the picture of the offending um, uh, inflatable cushion. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. It's horrible. You want your mum or dad sitting on that? It's disgusting. Paul's on the line. Morning, Paul. Good morning. What you got for us, sir? Right, well, uh, talking about hospitals. My daughter has got an incurable brain tumour. Three weeks ago, she fell from the top to the bottom of the stairs. Paramedics came, absolutely brilliant. Took her into a hospital. Um, there it was diagnosed that she had a fractured cheekbone, broken nose, and her, you know, couldn't walk. And she's got a very weak left hand anyhow because of the radiotherapy. But anyhow, uh, she um, was discharged. She went in about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock that morning. She was discharged at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. At six o'clock, we had to call for the paramedics again. Um, They said, who on earth discharged her? She's got to go straight back, obviously, to hospital. Um, Well, I obviously followed up, went, and uh, it was just at the time the nurses and doctors, it was change over time, but I just barged in, grabbed hold of a doctor, said, come with me, um, and uh, told him the story. And I have to say, the doctor that saw to us was, again, brilliant, did various tests, and he said, of course, she's got to stay in. So that was it. Uh, she's been in there now three weeks. How's she doing? Well, I mean, she can't walk, um, because now, obviously, you know, that fall is, you know, she can't get the senses from the brain yeah. to the... To How old is she, Paul? 38. Yeah. That must be... Um... It, it, it's tough when our kids get ill, isn't it? And we see them helpless like that. But but going on from that, Ian, it's uh, um, we. My wife and I arrived one afternoon, and the nurse was just going into a bay and pull, pulling the curtains round. And we so we stayed outside, and we heard the nurse say, "What do you want?" She said, "I want to go to the toilet." Well, you've just been. Oh, At which stage, I just flung open the curtains. I said, "You." I said, you don't talk to my daughter like that. I said, have you not heard the word care? 
Um, so she said, oh, well, I was only just trying to determine whether she wanted this or wanted that. Paul, listen, thank you. I thought, do you know what we need? We don't need a matron on the ward. We need a Paul on the ward. Because it is difficult to kind of speak up to, to, to figures of authority in hospitals. I, do you know what? I'm really lucky because... Uh, the, all of the treatment that I've had, my, my boy's been in hospital recently, and my mum, it's been pretty spot on. Partly, I think, with, in regards to my mum, because they recognise me off the telly. And I, I, I hope it's not true, but I, I think that there was, they noticed a real difference. They, they messed up a meal and she didn't get to eat for hours. And we, we didn't know that she could eat because we had to wait for the doctor to say she could eat. And they messed up. And they were so apologetic about it, so apologetic. And they kept coming in and saying, well, we've spoken to the kitchen and we've spoken to the doctor and we've done this. And I think it's because they recognised me from the telly, which, if that's true, is really, really sad. Because not everybody's got that little bit of influence but and I, you know I, I am genuinely a fan of the, the nhs i think most of what it does it's brilliant but 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 and you hear stories like paul and you hear, hear stories about like eric's and you think my husband had an operation a few years ago and when they brought him round i noticed that he had been bleeding over the side of the down the side of the bed you know the bed rails oh yeah and there was a puddle on the floor they asked me to leave while they cleared him up yeah and in fact in the in between time uh, a, a cleaner went in there but when i went in that puddle was still there i cleaned it up i cleaned the side of his bed not really good enough, is it? Blood's quite obvious. Blood's obvious. It isn't good enough. And I think it's not good enough. And it, it, but I didn't take that further. Maybe I should have said something. I think there's a lot of families doing bits and bobs and maybe yeah. we're covering, covering things up by accident, you know. Just because you think, I, I want it to be nice for them. I want them to be healthy. Well, I want them out as quick as possible. Well, it's, a, it's a tough one, isn't it? And it, it just goes back to that basic thing of hygiene. You, you know, hygiene. You wash your hands. You make sure everything around is clean. And that's a, that's a basic. And it... A lot of these, I believe, a lot of these cleaners are contracted in, aren't they? So it's not, it's, it's, it's kind of companies, they put in bids, whichever offers the cheapest bid, the most efficient bid, they get the gig. But they're just kind of temporary staff cleaners with the greatest of respect to those people that do that job. And that may be fine for an office complex, but for a hospital, you need, surely you need specialist cleaners in a hospital. One would think, but you don't get them. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us your call on that. And please don't think we're doing a Daily Mail and bashing the NHS at all, but these stories, uh, these stories are quite important. Now, Subhash Shafiq, the former mayor of Milton Keynes, made his first public appearance last night since being forced to resign as the mayor after vouching for a cabbie who turned out to be a serial rapist. He's still a councillor, and at a meeting last night, uh, it was discussed his fitness to serve on the council's health select committee was discussed. Many feel his judgment can't be trusted anymore, but the chair of that committee, Tory Alice Brammel, has called for his appointment to be reconsidered. Well, her leader, Edith Ball, joins her now. Morning, Edith. Good morning. Andy. So, why were Tories calling for? Mr Shafiq's appointment to be reconsidered? Why were they? Well, I think we've made it clear all along, all along since this um, scandal, it is a scandal, erupted in April, that he showed serious lapse of judgment. He gave a reference to, as you point out, a serial rapist, which cannot be right. Um, so we think it's only right that uh, having shown such a lack of judgment, then he's not the best person to be placed on an important committee, the health committee of the council. What happened at the meeting last night? It got a bit feisty, didn't it? Gosh, it did. There were a lot of people in the public gallery who'd come to be heard, and it's always very pleasing to see that. I didn't hear one person in support of uh, Councillor Shafiq, I have to say. I heard a lot of people saying it was outrageous that um, that um, Councillor um, McCall, who is the leader of Lib Dems, was refusing to do anything about Councillor Shafiq's appointment. Now, the, the, the Councillor McCall wasn't there last night, was he, because he was poorly? He was poorly, yes. 
Yeah, which is very disappointing. And uh, Councillor Burke, who is the deputy leader of the Lib Dems, uh, was there in his stead. So there was, a, and we'll get on to Councillor Burke in, in a second. There, there, there was a vote. What exactly was the vote for, Edith? Yeah, well, there'd been a referral um, from the Health Committee, um, agreed by the committee, uh, to ask the council if they would ask Councillor McCall, it gets a bit technical, mm. to reconsider the appointment. So the vote was about whether council believed uh, Councillor McCall should reconsider his appointment. Now, 39 councillors voted in favour. All 13 Liberal Democrats abstained from the vote, and that's got me scratching my head. Why would they do that, do you think? Well, I, I think it indicates to me that they believe that there's some truth in what the public were saying. Uh, it is Councillor McCall who's refusing to do anything about it. Now, we mentioned uh, Stuart Burke. He was... Uh, uh, he, Stuart Burke and Gladstone McKenzie, uh, two councillors, they resigned uh, from the council's licensing committee because they were they also granted this licence to this, this, this convicted rapist. Have a listen to this. This is what uh, uh, Stuart Burke had to say about the move last night. We felt that it was purely political because there were two members who were involved in the taxi licensing affair who were on that committee. One who'd been a member already, that's Gladstone, and the other was Saban who'd been newly appointed. It was only Saban whose attendance at the meeting was considered inappropriate. Would you like to see Saban Shafiq continue on the, on the health committee? I think he would make a very good member of that committee because he's a very good councillor. He'd make a very good member of the committee, Edith. That's according to Stuart Burke. Well, the committee have decided otherwise. That's why they put the referral uh, to council. I have to say, my, my own belief is that anybody who showed such a serious lapse in judgment, I would have to question whether it's right for them to be on such an important committee of the council. And clearly the public agree with me. The Liberal Democrats have accused you of turning this into kind of a political battle and you're, you're playing politics here. What's your response to well, that? I think that's an outrageous um, suggestion. Um, as councillors, we're elected to represent our constituents, and uh, that's exactly what we're doing. It was very clear last night from the public gallery what the public think, and it's been displayed in all of the media, on your programme, in the press. So it's absolutely not political at all. We are voicing the views of um, what the folks of Milton Keynes feel. Edith, can I, I just want to play you one more clip from, from Stuart Burke from last night, uh, where he talks about... Um, well, he talks about being sorry. Have, have a listen to this. Now, just, just to remind people uh, that Stuart Burke, uh, um, Gladstone McKenzie and Subban Shafiq uh, uh, passed, uh, gave a taxi licence on the referral of Subban Shafiq to a convicted, violent serial rapist. This is what um, Stuart Burke said last night. Sorry every day, because it's brought all this down on everybody. I'm sorry for myself, I'm sorry for Zban, I'm sorry for Gladstone, I'm sorry for all the other councillors involved who've had their reputations besmirched. I'm sorry for the taxi driver, because, you know, he's won what he thought was reasonable, and he's now, you know, become a public figure not wanting to be. And, you know, there, there are loads of people who I'm incredibly sorry for, because it's been very difficult to do. Interesting, I found, that Mr Burke is sorry for what it's done to him and to Subhan Shafiq and for all the other councillors that may have been brought into disrepute. Sorry for the convicted serial rapist for, for, for making him a, you know, a, a figure in the media. Doesn't say sorry to the potential women, the, the, the women that were potentially put at risk in the taxis, does he? No, he didn't, which I suppose is uh, very, very disappointing. We're very fortunate in that nothing happened, to be honest, but uh, it is pleasing to hear him say sorry. I've, I've never heard him say sorry so many times before, so that at least it, it, it represents some element of contrition. Well, how does this work, Edith? What happens next? Well, um, 
as we said, Councillor McCall wasn't at the meeting because he's not well, so Council now will formally write to him and ask him to reconsider his appointment. He is the only person, actually, who decides who goes on committees. That's of people from his, uh, from his group, Lib Dems. So we'll have to wait and see what uh, Councillor McCall decides to do next. Edith, listen, uh, no doubt we'll speak about this again. Thank you very much for your time. If you want to give us a call on your thoughts on that, you can. I, I, I played that clip of uh, Councillor Burke again. We played it earlier. I'm just so shocked by it. He's sorry for himself. Sorry for Subhan Shafiq. He's sorry for the convicted, serial, violent rapist who's been made the centre of attention. May I suggest, gentlemen, if you don't want to be the centre of attention, then, I don't know, don't do a rape. That's, or, or don't do four rapes with your mate where you batter people. You know, that seems... It's an incredible piece, isn't it? It's, it, it, it what? Is there any mention of the other taxi drivers in Milton Keynes, the innocent ones who are now Thank you very much. Yeah, other people that, that have been neglected from this story, you're absolutely right. The other taxi drivers who now are being eyed with suspicion um, because of, by association. Have I got it wrong? Let's counsel, I'll play that again a bit later on. Have I, am I being harsh on Councillor Stuart Burke? Am I being unfair? To me, this is what I make up. Um, the, it, he just seems completely out of touch with um, the anger, the upset and the fear that this has caused. That's, why, that's how, what, what I seem to be getting what from that. What he's sorry about is that the attention it's brought to the decision. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And again, just to stress, as we always do stress, because I know people are going, oh, bloody BBC, scaring people up. Tiny, tiny percentage of, of Milton Keynes cab drivers, uh, Dodge parts, tiny, tiny percentage. It's been a few blokes. Most of them are excellent, hardworking people. So I don't want to put, you know, I don't want to plant any seed of fear in people's heads. Right, um, are they still having a fire there, Kelly? Yeah, they're all outside of, um, in Ricks, where our traffic comes so from. So who's doing Trav? It could be me. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. You've done the trav, you've done the weather, let's be having you. Ah, thanks. There's heavy traffic on the M1 London-bound between Junction 11, Dunstable and uh, Junction 9 at Redbourne. Anti-clockwise on the M25, it's very slow between Junction 21 of the M1 and Junction 19 of the M25 around Watford. Uh, there's stop and start traffic on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 60 on the M40. And the A1M southbound, there's heavy traffic around there, around Junction 7 at Stevenage. Uh, talk amongst yourselves while I scroll down to find out the... No, you're right. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. The daughter of a stroke patient has criticised Watford General Hospital after finding a cushion that her father had been sitting on covered in another patient's urine and faeces. Harvard-based Tesco say pre-tax profits for the first half of the year are down more than 90% on the same period last year. Tesco now say that profits were overstated by £263 million. That's up from last month's initial estimate of £250 million. And the councillors at the heart of the Milton Keynes tax scandal faced fresh calls to resign last night at a packed council meeting members of the public booed former mayor Subhan Shafiq Three Counties Sports BBC Three Counties Radio 
Mixed fortunes for Liverpool and Arsenal in the Champions League last night. Liverpool lost 3-0 at home to Holders Real Madrid, with Mario Balotelli causing added problems for Liverpool manager Brendan Rodgers, as Conor McNamara reports. Balotelli had swapped shirts at half-time with Madrid's Portuguese defender Pepe. Exchanging shirts before the end of the game has become a real taboo in English football. Rodgers confirmed afterwards he was not happy with Balotelli and he would deal with the matter internally. Cristiano Ronaldo scored the first goal after a sublime double one-two to steal into the penalty area. French striker Karim Benzema scored the other two, aided by slack Liverpool defending. But there was victory for Arsenal, who scored twice in the closing minutes to win 2-1 away to Anderlecht. Deep cross from Chambers, and Gibbs is there to equalise with his left foot. A brilliant finish from the left back. Sanchez drives it across, Podolski is there and scores! And Arsenal, in added time, have changed the game around with two goals in no time at all. A Luton side featuring a number of players returning from injury beat Hemel Hempstead 3-0 in a friendly at the Hatters training ground yesterday afternoon. Kirtley Williams, Fraser Franks, Paul Connolly, Luke Rooney and Jake Howells all played. Wickham have been fined £1,000 after admitting an FA charge of failing to ensure players conducted themselves in an orderly fashion. It happened in the closing stages of this month's game against Northampton, who were also fined. And in cycling, 2013 champion Chris Froome says he may skip next year's Tour de France because the court doesn't suit him. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. This is Catherine Boyle oh, on BBC it. Three Counties Radio. Ah, oh dear. Your thoughts on Councillor Burke? He says he's sorry. Um, for him, he's sorry for the councillors, he's sorry for Subhan Shafiq, he's sorry for the, uh, the serial violent rapist who's become the centre of attention. Good. I would say, doesn't say sorry for the potential victims, doesn't say sorry for potentially uh, putting uh, women's uh, um, uh, lives and health at risk, health at risk. Uh, it doesn't say sorry, as you're right, Catherine, to, for all the other cab drivers who are now guilty by association. Doesn't say any of that. Speaking of the, the, the grim stuff, we'll do some lighter stuff in a bit. I've sent you the Chad Evans video. The statement, he's, this is the footballer, convicted rapist, Chad Evans. Um, he's released a video, a statement. Oof. Uh, and I mean, you, is he taking any advice whatsoever? Because he should just not say anything. Watch. Well, he, well, he shouldn't. Say, I don't think he should say what he said. Watch his cold, dead eyes as he's talking to the camera. Now, he's, obviously, he's reading it, and Shall that's fine. You watch it now. Obviously, he's reading it, and that's fine, and and, and that's good. But he looks emotionless. Now, remember, he served two and a half years of a five-year sentence for for rape. Doesn't use the word rape once in that. He calls it infidelity. Since that night, I have constantly regretted my act of infidelity and the damage that has been done on so many friends, uh, done on so many fronts. I've served the custodial part of my sentence. It's my hope I'll be able to return. If that's possible, then I shall do so with humility, having learned a very painful lesson. Well... Having heard the audio, I've seen the video without the words, I've heard the audio separately and I'm reading this. I didn't get any humility in that. I didn't get remorse or sorry. Now, he thinks he's innocent. And I was having a bit of an argument with people on Twitter last night who said, yeah, he's probably innocent, you're jumping on the media bandwagon. Well, damn those trials by jury, huh? Damn those trials by jury where they get to hear all the evidence and we, we don't. That doesn't seem fair, does it? Oh, hang on, it's the British legal system. Don't want to always get it right, but enough good. Works most of the time. 
The support that has been shown by Natasha, that's his fiance, our friends and family during the time and time in prison have kept me strong. Since the night, since that night, I've constantly regretted my act of infidelity. Have you watched it all? Yeah. It's a minute and a half. I also know what, what he was accused of doing, found guilty of doing. Yeah. Found guilty of rape. Found guilty of rape. Well, someone was already in there with this girl who said she couldn't stand up. Yeah. And he joined in while people looked through the window. His infidelity, he calls oh. it. It says here, I've learnt, I will do so with humility, having learned a very painful lesson. Now, from that statement, I don't feel, I don't, I'm not listening to a humble man speaking, is what I get from that. Oh, eight, four, I, I, we've kind of avoided the Chad Evans story because ooh, the whole should he play football or not, I don't, doesn't really interest me. I, I don't know the answer and we won't sort out the answer by talking about it for, for, for three hours. I, I don't really know. But this, I think, this has kind of taken a slight turn now. If you've seen the video, do you feel sorry for him? Do you, do you think he's learnt a lesson? Or do you, do you think it's, it's the, the, the... Well, the, the son here says no shame. The cold, callous words of a man who has been found guilty of rape. Now, he's appealing that, and that, that you know, but... So I was saying, Kath, I was, I was round with people on Twitter who said, oh, you're jumping on the... You're a bandwagoner. Not at all, the... because we haven't said anything at, at all about well, it up to this point. And also, you know, damn those trials by jury where those, 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 uh, those uh, jury members get to hear all the evidence, not just one side of the yeah. story. You couldn't... I, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say on that. I'm just putting it out there because it's a big story. And it, uh, when I heard it last night on the radio, I was shocked by the fact that he refers to a rape as infidelity. 08459 four double five five double five is the phone number. Lighter stuff. Um, ever got, there's been a doctor. What was the story of the doctor bunking off? This was the doctor who has been struck off for um, taking sick pay while he was actually off uh, pursuing his other great Beautiful. love, other than medicine and curing people and potentially saving lives, <laughs> which is um, watching people jump over fences on horses. When have you been he caught... He was on the telly <laughs> as a pundit. When have you been caught bunking off from school or from work? 08459 455555. You've got some texts. Yeah, Tim on the text has got one. He says, my wife got caught bunking off work when we went to a televised football match match we were sat in the front row and one of the players scored and celebrated literally right in front of love us it. she was on the tv as clear as day i love that there's so many of those stories i love it steve's in hatfield what have you got steve good morning i've got a couple two for you one i bumped off school i used to go to school in hemel yeah and I've been back a long 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 time because school's not there now um i skived off and one of my mates set the fire alarm off at school while i was bunking off so oh so they, so everyone got called out like like they're doing yeah, uh, yeah, at the yeah. travel centre now, and the the uh, register was read out. Steve, and I weren't there. Steve, where's yep. who's in Steve? <laughs> Where is Steve? <laughs> did he did he know? Did your mate do it because you were bunking off? No, he's just an idiot. <laughs> you t- by the way, you take us on to one of my favourite phone-ins. We don't get many calls on it, but have you ever set off a fire alarm? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And you're a serial bunker, are you, Steve? I well, I tell you what. To be fair, yes, I was. And I'm not proud of it now because I'm only affected what I do for a living, but I was terrible. I mean, I got caught out. My dad caught me out. Yeah. My brother was off home sick today, so I skived off to go home with him. We had the builders in. My dad phoned up. The builder answered the phone. (laughs) Oh. And my dad asked me, which one do you want to talk oh. to? Oh, <laughs> mate! Now, has it held you... Do, do you bunk off from work, or have you, did you kind of learn your lesson when you turned 17? No, I learned my lesson. It was just... I think at the time when I was at school, it was like, if you couldn't keep up, they're not bothered about it. They weren't yeah. bothered And so I weren't bothered. You know, 16, 15, 16-year-old at school... School can't be bothered. Why should I bother? Steve, thank you very much indeed. Can I just say, and this is my advice to all young people, 
Bunk off school. Bunk off school more. Because I never bunked off school. I never bunked off school. And, and I re- where we are now. Yeah, I know exactly. I really regret it. I'm not saying bunk off all the time. And I, there'll be complaints. I don't, I don't care. I, looking back, I've got very few regrets. One of them is I didn't bunk off school a few times. You know, I didn't bunk off and go and do something exciting, go and live a life. You wouldn't have done something exciting. I'd have sat at home watching... Um, Neighbours and then watching it again after yeah. tea. So don't bunk off school, kids. Read more books. Good cop, bad cop. There we go. Talking about fire alarms yeah. reminded me of my first year at university. I was in all girls' halls in a cruel twist of fate. Gosh. We weren't supposed to have any, any lads in. Or no. so my dad thought. Yeah. Anyway, my favourite moments were the fire alarms went off in the middle of the night. Yeah. And the number of sheepish boys wearing girls' dressing gowns. <laughs> <laughs> out on the lawn. Your fire alarm stories. Ever set one off or ever been caught out? I stayed in a really posh hotel in Edinburgh once, one of the poshest hotels. Really expensive. I weren't paying for it. Tell he was. Um, and the fire alarm went off three times. And I said to this, on the second one, I said to the staff, is this, is this guy's, yeah, it's because it's such a, an old hotel. The steam from the showers sets the fire alarms off and we have to evacuate the building every time. How ridiculous is that? That's crazy. Fire alarm stories, bunking off stories and Tesco stories. Tom in Watford, you've called in about Tesco. Yeah, they've um, announced uh, 92% uh, down on their profits. 92%? Ninety-two percent down. Yes. Ninety-two percent down. Really? Yeah. That, doesn't, yeah, I'm, that I'm can't not be surprised. possible. Well, that is possible. They've just announced it. Did they just announce it now? All right, yeah, go, go on. Then. Tell, uh, well, tell me about that because that does sound incredible. Well, I'm not surprised that they've lost their way. Um, if I go back so five, six years, um, when they were um, streamlining the business, yeah. What, what they were doing was they were pushing out or uh, making it tougher for the experienced retail management, and they were sort of like in favour of young university graduates. Um, so they were losing the, the experience at shop level. So, so instead of instead of instead of using experience instead of using experienced people, Tom, they yeah. were getting people with good qualifications. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I have, a, I have a very good friend of mine. He had he had forty years for Tesco's and the post Tim out. Tom, listen, it's not the greatest line. So we'll let you go, Catherine. What were you saying? Sorry, I can't find anything about ninety six percent down. I, I think... can. Where? I found two. This is from um, CNBC. Pre-tax profits at UK supermarket giant Tesco fell by ninety one point nine percent to one hundred and twelve million in the first half of twenty fourteen. Now, I think, I think that's because... Just spent a billion revamping stores. Well, yeah, I think that's because of the overestimate they put on... You know that there was that scandal that they lied about how much money they thought they were going to make? I think that 91% includes that over-exaggeration. Right. I think... Because all I've got here is supermarket post 6% fall to 3.3 billion in the last 12 months, but that was at the beginning of this year. Well, then there's a one on the BBC that, that says, uh, yeah. It's confusing. I don't really understand the figures. Either way, Tesco's doing really badly. Mm. It's mad, isn't it? Because it's Tesco. I remember when Tesco were opening up like in China and, and America and stuff and taking over the world. They pretty much own my town, it has to be said. I wonder if it's because of my friend Conan. Because my friend Conan is one of these do-gooders that, that has got money to burn. And so he shops in the local shop. And he was really anti-Tesco. Wanted to, you know, would boycott minute, Tesco. Look at this report. Does it mention Conan uh, at all? Uh, surname? Uh, McRae, is it mentioned? Conan. No, he's not in there? No. No. But I'm sure it's got something to do with it. 
It's incredible. I don't. I'm, well, listen. Aren't we? Aren't we dealing with national news today? Aren't we? Aren't we though? Aren't we though? Aren't we though? So Chad Evans uh, is that the the voice of a man? We'll play. We'll see if we can get a bit of the audio and play some of his statement later. Uh, and we uh, are those the words of a man who is remorseful and has learned a lesson. And uh, why is Tesco doing so, so badly? It can't just be the Aldi and the Lidl's, can it? Because I, I shop in... My choice of supermarket is which supermarket is nearer to me. If I'm in the town where I live, it's Waitrose. If I'm at home, it's Tesco. Well, that's, that oh, decides where I go. Oh, depends on what I want. If I want meat, I'll go to one. And if I just want to go quick, I'll go to the other. If I'm not bothered about being bumped into, people being rude to me, being squashed against uh, the uh, various fitments, I'll go to one. And if I want a bit of space, I'll go to the other. We've got, um, I know Justin's out talking about tattoos. Maybe we can send him out on one of those stories as well. Your pick, Catherine, because yeah. they're, both, they're both good talkers. Cool. 08459 four double five five double five. Fingers crossed that travel is back. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M1, London-bound, very slow moving at the moment, between Junction 11 of Dunstable Road and Junction 9 at Redbourne. Take a look at the M25, on the sensors, very slow moving, heading anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 19 at Watford. Also rather heavy anti-clockwise between 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16 for the M40. On the trains, there are delays at the moment of about 15 minutes on both London Midland and Virgin trains between Milton Keynes Central and Watford Junction. It's all due to a signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's suddenly become a very, very busy show. We're talking about bunking off. We're talking about tats. We're talking about Tesco. We're talking about Ched Evans. We'll get the audio from the Ched Evans statement and we'll play that out a little bit later on. In the meantime, it's 746 it's uh, Thursday, the 23rd of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The daughter of a stroke patient has criticised Watford General Hospital after finding a cushion that her father had been sitting on covered in another patient's urine and faeces. Hertfordshire-based Tesco has recorded a 92% fall in pre-tax profits in the six months to August. The supermarket's overstatement of its profits was found to have had an impact of £263 million, even more than originally thought. And the count at the heart of Milton Keynes' taxi scandal faced fresh calls to resign last night. At a packed council meeting, members of the public booed former Mayor Subban Shafiq. Coming up, Bedfordshire Day? What? Let's find out more after the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, quite a cloudy day today. There will be just the odd bright spell, but not for everybody. I think most of us will have a dry day, but we're going to have some spots of drizzle around too. So it's always going to have a, a damp feel to the day with highs of 15 degrees Celsius, which is pretty normal for this time of year. But there's also a fresh southwesterly breeze. Now tonight we've got drizzle and rain continuing, perhaps some mist and low cloud too with lows of 12 degrees. And tomorrow, fair amount of rain, actually quite a wet day tomorrow. It will be light at first, but we're going to have some heavier bursts within it with highs of 16 degrees Celsius. Over the weekend though, much drier, brighter weather, a little on the breezy side, particularly on Saturday but still probably feeling a lot more pleasant in the sunshine. That's your latest forecast. On BBC One There's a story that unites each of us with every animal on the planet. It's a story of the greatest of all adventures, the journey through life. They will fight battles. They will be strong, cunning and ingenious. 
and will do whatever it takes to win a mate. Life Story with David Attenborough. Many lives, one epic journey. Starts tonight at nine on BBC One and BBC One HD. What on earth is going on with the callers? Peter and Wilma Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What have you got for us, boss? What do you want to whinge about today? I just wanted to talk about the supermarkets, really. Oh, yeah, go on. Tesco, no, Tesco... No. Let me just give these stats again, because they're in the news, so it's therefore it's true. Tesco has recorded a 92% fall in pre-tax profits in the six months to August. That seems incredible to me. Well, that seems incredible to me. I mean, I, I know nothing about their statistics, so uh, I wouldn't like to quote on... Uh, wouldn't like to talk about that really oh. what i was going to say on tesco's they seem to they, they seem to have lost their their basic uh, customer really because i went in there recently and they, they pre-packed sprouts from Sorry? time to time yeah and they had a pack in there Ten sprouts in there, one pound fifty. That's Fif- not their core customer. Fifteen pence a sprout. Uh, absolutely. I tell you uh, what, you don't get anymore, Peter. And yeah. kids don't know this. And I used to enjoy this on a Sunday morning. Yeah. You'd have a big bag of sprouts, and my mum would make me cross them. My mum would make me put the little cross at the yeah, bottom. Yeah. You know, yeah. kids don't do that anymore. Well, when I cook most days, when I cook most days, I do twelve sprouts. Prior to starting cooking... You, you count your sprouts? No, I'd put 12 cr- sprouts on... You count your I, sprouts? Before, I always do, do 12. Why do you do 12 sprouts? Why well, I could do 10 if I haven't got enough. Well, don't make any difference. Who, ca- who counts this? One sprout well, at 12. Anyway, Stop at 12. Hey, I'm feeling a I bit crazy today. Let's have 13 sprouts. I cook them, pre-cook them before I start cooking my main meal. Yeah. And I'll eat the sprouts between cooking the meal. I bet you're, I you're like my nan, my nan sprouts, absolutely tasteless and soggy. Oh well, I don't. My make nan them couldn't. Like that. Co- my nan couldn't cook vegetables. Hey Peter, can I, can I speak freely to you? Yeah. I bet you're a bloody awful cook. I uh, know I'm a very good cook. I, I, I bet you're sh- not. I, I bet shel- you're not. I live on a sheltered housing site, yeah, and the manageress told me I eat I eat better than most of the men that's been. Well, that doesn't say a lot, single. Peter. That doesn't say a lot. Oh well, I, I can assure you, I cook well for myself. Anyway, Peter, I'm, tell him about the red wine because this is what perked me up. Yeah, well, yeah, I bet it does. Well, when I go down to the aisle looking at the wines, yeah. I, I I've got six or seven merlots that I look for. I never hardly ever buy in Tesco's because it doesn't compare in prices with Astor's. Yeah. And I've got a selection where I only buy Merlot when it's on special. Yeah. And I buy quite a lot of red wine in Astor's. Yeah. Because when I walk down the aisle in Tesco's, there's very little, few people buying wine in there. So, Peter, what do you, do you just, what tell, what dictates which shop you go to? Is it a location? Is it price? What is it? Well, yeah, but it's part of the ambience and all, really. Ambience? Uh, yeah. The ambience? Yeah. Well, yeah. which, okay, which supermarket has got the best ambience? Well, I still feel that the atmosphere in Asda's. <laughs> I, look, I went into Aldi Saturday. Yeah. Bought nothing at all. No, because of the ambience. <laughs> no, because because <laughs> you're making me it, laugh today. It didn't look, I didn't like it, what it looked like. <laughs> you didn't like the atmosphere and the ambience in Aldi, but in Asda it's spot on, is it? Well, it's better than it's better than. <laughs> Oh, so you you laughing? I am laughing, Peter, well, yes. Because you're better, being a silly sausage today. It's better than some of the other supermarkets. Cass, right. Some <laughs> are <laughs> <off> dead. <laughs> Peter. 
Peter decides on which shop he shops in on the ambience. No, 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 I didn't say that. You did say that! I said... You just said it! You you used that word! I agree. If I'm in the mood, if I'm in the mood to be... um, If you're in the mood mood for meat... Well, if you... If if I'm in the mood for being rammed up against the uh, shelving units, I'll go Tesco's. If I want a a more relaxed shop, I'll go Waitrose. A a relaxed shop? That's that's precisely that. I have never been rammed up against... The, the meat counter. You haven't lived. Well, you've got a wife with you. Yeah, but exactly. Peter, Peter never makes me laugh. I'm always in the way in Tesco. He, he did always say he chooses which shop he buys stuff in on the ambience. He went into little and he didn't like the atmosphere, so he left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's made me laugh, Peter. Thank you so much. Oh, eight four five nine four double five. If Little's listening, I know they're taking um, customer comments for their. Uh, billboards at the moment. There's one for you. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Now, Christmas Day. Love Christmas Day. Easter Day. Birthday. Wednesday. I love all of those days. What's what about Bank Holiday Monday? Oh, yes. They're good. What about Bedfordshire Day? We don't have one, do we? We're not satisfied with getting the Bedfordshire flag officially recognised. The Friends of Bedfordshire Society have set their sights on creating an internationally recognised day, excuse me, of celebration for the county. Well, Justin Dealey has been speaking to the people in the county about their love for the county. That county is Bedfordshire County. The wind, the miles of beautiful open countryside, Dunstable Downs, the spiritual home of Bedfordshire. I'm here to, to find out what people think is so special about this county. Um, there's a nice countryside. Well, down in the villages, they've got Edlesborough. Come on, help. Well, you've, got, you've got Dunstable, you've got the, um, the canal and the river, you know, which is lovely. Beautiful walks, nice market towns, yeah, which is important. We come from Maitland Buzzard. Oh, Leighton Buzzard, yeah. uh, the home of Kajagoogoo. Uh, you can say that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> hey, madam, is that, is that a rat or is that a dog? <laughs> what, what, what is that? That is a very small Rottweiler. Uh, OK, I'm not going to mess with we'll keep this quite brief then. Um, Oi, you're ruining the ambiance. Um, what's the most special thing about Bedfordshire? What I'm, stands out for you? Uh, the beautiful women that live here, like me and these two. My daughter and my daughter-in-law. Apart from the sexy ladies, uh, what else about Bedfordshire? The countryside, the people, we're friendly. We've got, look at this beautiful place. You wouldn't change it for the world, would you? Oh, yeah, if I, oh, yeah, I'd move abroad if I could, get a bit of sunshine. I can't be that good then. Thanks, madam. Okay. (laughs) What is going on with today's show? I hope you're enjoying it half as much as I am. Uh, Luke Blackstuff is founder of the Society and joins me now. Morning, Luke. Morning. The Friends of Bedfordshire Society, how long has that been going? Um, really, it's a fairly new uh, organisation. We've only been going a few months. Um, we nearly started so that we had a, a face to try and um, to, uh, to uh, recognise the Bedfordshire flag with. Now, and describe the flag. The flag is, is, is quite unusual. I saw a picture of it yesterday. D- d- describe yeah. it to our listeners. OK, there's um, three main parts to it. The first is uh, a red and yellow quartered back panel so you've got yellow on the top left and bottom right and red the other way around down the center is a black panel with three shells in it and then horizontally across is a blue and white wavy line 
What are the what are the what's the shells? What what's the connection with landlocked Bedfordshire? The black um, panel with the shells comes from the farms of the Duke of Bedford. Ah, I see, I see. Why do you want a Bedfordshire day? What what would it mean to you? Something great. Luke? Luke? That's the end of that. Again, again, MI5 uh, have have stepped in. The, the, the government do not want you to hear that interview. Luke, we got, we got the main gist of it. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much for that. OK. Uh, we can try and get him back. We've only got a minute, though. And, Why don't we all have a why don't we all have a county day where we all celebrate the county there is, there we is are in? Great danger of mispronunciation. That is why. Uh, Bedfordshire Day. Do you think why, it's a good idea? Say? Uh, country. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. I like I like societies like that. I know our tongue was slightly in our cheek with uh, with Justin. I do like societies like that. As I, the older I get, the more parochial uh, I get, and the, the smaller I get, literally and um, spiritually as well. I like. I like local newspapers. Some of them, some of them are rubbish. But I and like inaccurate and completely inaccurate, and make up stories to fill their fetid pages. And malicious, malicious nonsense. Staffed by people who can't get jobs elsewhere. But some are excellent. Some are really, really good. And I like the feeling of community that you, that you get from those kind of things and those kind of societies. If ever I'm walking through a village or a small town and I see um, a vegetable fair on in a small town, I always go in. A vegetable fair? Yeah, you know where they have vegetable... Like a tomato toboggan? No, don't be such a plum. Where they have, um, you know, they have... Radish like... roundabout. No, let me finish the sentence. Where they have vegetable competitions... You know, like uh, best best plums, Vickers the vicar, biggest marrow, the biggest marrow. Who's got the the juiciest plums? Hey, did you see my pumpkins? I know, and I wish you'd put your jacket back on because it really <laughs> is. I grew some pumpkins. They're climbing up the wall. Is that normal? I did when I came to your house. I saw your pumpkins. They're up in the air. They're not anymore. They've got quite heavy. They've lowered themselves gently to the ground. Are they going to be hacked open at the weekend? Are you going to do a bit of uh, spooky stuff with them? I might. Yeah, I might. I love a good pumpkin. Yeah. Oh wait, for, but and, and thank you so much for letting me see your pumpkins. That's all right. I mean, they were quite obvious. They were so pert at the time, but it's sad that they've they're drooping now. <laughs> oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the Great North Road, it's looking quite slow at the moment, approaching the Black Hat and Roundabout. The A1M also slow on the sensors at the moment, just around Junction 8 for Stevenage. And the M1 London bound, that's looking extremely heavy at the moment, between Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 16 at the M40. On the trains, delays of up to about 15 minutes on both London, Midland and Virgin Trains between Milton Keynes Central and Watford Junction. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. What happened with the fire alarm, Fakler? Ah, we had to um, go outside and speak to the firemen. It was all very dramatic. Everyone's safe and well? Everyone is safe. You you sound so evil this morning. (laughs) Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Watford Hospital criticised over cleanliness, plunge in profits at Tesco and councillors face fresh calls to resign in Milton Keynes' taxi row. BBC Three Counties Radio. The daughter of a stroke patient has criticised Watford General Hospital after finding a cushion that her father had been sitting on covered in another patient's urine and faeces. Hospital Trust Chief Executive Samantha Jones has apologised personally to the family and says unannounced spot checks have started on all wards but Lara Weatherly says she still wants answers. They've been saying this for a few years now about the spot checks. I mean, the system is obviously failing. It's not working. I mean... How can you have a cushion like that, which had been sitting in there for a whole week? Meanwhile, a radical plan to improve the NHS and cut its funding deficit is being unveiled by health service bosses today. They suggest patients could be offered financial incentives to lose weight. Harvard-based Tesco has announced a 92% drop in its pre-tax profits to £112 million in the six months to August. An investigation has revealed that the company overstated its profits guidance last month by 260 million pounds, even more than originally thought. The BBC's business editor, Carmel Ahmed, says there's one particularly shocking figure. Like-for-like sales, that's the amount of money going through the tills in Tesco's stores, is down by 4.6%. This is Tesco. This is a business that when they first announced their first ever uh, quarter-by-quarter decline in sales of 1%, everyone thought this was an absolute crisis. A Milton Keynes council who allowed a rapist to drive a private hire vehicle has explained his decision after members of the public called on councillors to resign at a PAC meeting last night. Stuart Burke was the chairman of the licensing committee when a suspension of Nadine Ahmed Kiani's licence was lifted. It's a difficult question to answer because people say, well, you gave a licence to a rapist. I said, well, there isn't an answer to that question. I did. That's what we did. I wasn't alone in that. There were other members of the committee who did it twice. You know, and we did it because we looked at all the evidence and... That was the decision we came to. I mean, other people go, I don't understand how you do that, but that's what we did. The head teacher of a school in Bedfordshire has cancelled her holiday to the Caribbean during term time. Jenny Winder, who runs Elstow School, had been criticised for booking leave shortly after the Christmas holiday. The decision was confirmed by Bedford Borough Council. A woman from Hertfordshire who's dying from cancer could have been saved, according to a scathing report published today. The Health Service Ombudsman says West Hertfordshire NHS Trust failed to detect and treat the disease. More from Lee Agnew. The 41-year-old was referred to a breast clinic in May 2010, but the correct tests weren't carried out to rule out cancer. The single mother has since been told that she has terminal breast cancer, which has spread to the liver, brain and bone. The ombudsman says that had she been treated early enough, her life would probably have been saved. It says the trust, which has already paid the woman compensation, should make a sincere apology and ensure that it can't happen again. In sport, Liverpool lost 3-0 at home to Real Madrid in the Champions League last night, but Arsenal scored twice in the closing minutes to win 2-1 away to Anderlecht. The weather slightly warmer but cloudier than yesterday with patchy light rain possible at times, a maximum temperature 16 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. From the top of the springs, looking down, it really is stunning. All this week, we're uncovering Barton Le Clay. It's a lovely, friendly village. Everybody knows everybody and there's plenty to do. Telling everyone about where you live. I think we've made more friends here quickly in the four and a half years we've been here. The big tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
one of those shows where, you know, we've got something written down on paper, but then other things kind of just pop up. It's a really busy show. So, yeah, we'll carry on talking about the the filth at Watford Hospital. We've heard a terrible story uh, from one woman whose father was... Found satting or, sat on uh, their inflatable cushions to make it a bit more comfortable to sit on and easier to get up, covered in urine and feces. We'll carry on talking about that, and we've got some texts as well on that one as well. We'll do some texts in a second. Yep. Tesco profits are down ninety-two percent. It's partly to do with the maths of them exaggerating their profits and all of that stuff. But 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 why? Anecdotally, we're getting loads of stuff from the listeners saying the reason why they're being put off going to Tesco's. And we're going to play some of the Ched Evans statement. He's the footballer who, I was going to say, accused of rape, found guilty uh, of rape. But does it sound like a, a humble man who's learnt his lesson? We'll play some a bit later on. 08459 555555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. So I, I, the, the, the Chad Evans story is a fascinating one, and I, I kind of want to ask the question: What happens if he does get found innocent? You know, if it was a miscarriage of justice, mm-hmm. then, then then what well, do we do? He's someone who's becoming a national hate figure, which is why I can't really understand. Right, his fiance has decided that she's going to stand by him, and that's her decision. She knows their relationship better than anybody else. That's her decision. But if that was somebody I loved, I would say to them, "Right, let's just be quiet now. Let's not give anyone any more ammunition." And instead. They're sitting on the sofa and he gives the most awkward statement I've seen mm. and also fuels the debate more. We'll play some of the audio a bit later on. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five five. Watford Hospital. Just just give us a little recap of the story, Catherine, before you read out some text. This is the story brought to us by Lara, Lara Weatherly. Her dad is seventy two, a multiple stroke victim. A survivor, not a victim. Um, but he's very ill and uh, he was in hospital and he was transferred to um, the acute, acute uh, assessment ward because he had contracted a... He had he had a urinary infection, which you so, do know what it doesn't sound like. We're talking about someone who's already suffered an infection. Yeah, a urinary infection. Boy, oh boy, it doesn't sound like much. My mum's had those. People go nuts. I with know. Them. It does crazy things to the brain. You it, start hallucinating. It used to happen to my grandma, and people who didn't know her would think that she was had dementia. You look, say, you look, she's fine. Yeah, it's sort incredible. Of a urinary infection. So he was he was very old and he was very poorly. Yes. Yeah, so she went to visit him just as he was being moved from his seat back to to bed, and she noticed that. Um, the pillow he'd been put on, pressure cushion he'd been put on, was covered in somebody else's filth, urine and faeces. And someone had made the decision that that was fine as long as they put some sort of sheet over it. It's absolutely incredible. And, and there are also stories of uh, uh, him uh, going to the toilet when he was in bed and only being half cleaned, uh, being sent home, not properly dressed, half cleaned, still wearing his, his adult nappy. Horrible things. Um, well, I'm joined now by uh, Derek Butler, who chairs the MRSA Action UK, which campaigns for better standards in hospital. Derek, your reaction to what you've heard? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm disgusted. Um, it would seem that we've learned nothing in the last seven years from the events of Maston and Tunbridge Wells and Mid Staffordshire. And to be honest, my heart goes out to that family. I face that very same thing. You faced that thing? Yes, what's I your, did. What's your story, Derek? What happened? 
Uh, my stepfather collapsed in 2003 with a massive heart attack and he was taken into our local hospital and at first his care was excellent and then he went on to the general ward. He never regained consciousness for the 15 weeks before he died but we went in on several occasions and found him lying in his own excrement. His catheter bag was covered in it oh um, and uh, he was covered in vomit as well. There are two issues here that I can see, Derek. One is the dignity of the patient uh, and the respect for the patient the other is the fact that it it's a basic when you when you're in hospital things should be clean I agree with you. Um, the NHS and the staff in the hospitals have a duty of care not only to the patient but to the families as well. Um, they have that duty to ensure that that patient's kept in an environment that is safe, it's clean, which you would expect in a modern healthcare system such as ours. And um, they have that duty to the pa- to the families as well to ensure that those families are not put under any duress or stress because of what's happening. Um, reading the story of what's happened to Laura's father is just disgusting. There is no excuse, and the, the staff cannot make excuses for this. Do you know, Derek, how um, cleaners get the gigs cleaning hospitals? It, it, I'm, I'm assuming that loads of companies put in bids to be cleaners for hospitals, and the kind of the cheapest or what appears to be the most efficient bid gets the job. Uh, yeah, I would say that's just about it. What happens is you'll get a group of companies put in a tender for the contract um, and they'll all undercut one another but promise the earth in being able to keep the hospital clean. Keeping a hospital clean does not cost a lot of money, but it does cost, uh, well, sorry, it doesn't cost, it doesn't cost a lot of money. It takes a lot of will and it takes discipline and it takes authority to ensure those hospitals are kept clean. And families should expect that when their patient their loved ones go into those hospitals that they they are kept in a clean and safe environment not having cushions covered in uh, other people's feces and not having a patient lying in their own feces as well if it doesn't cost a lot of money why is it going wrong so often when we're hearing stories this morning and 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 watford has been criticized in the past blood december the cqc found blood stains on the floor in one area that not been cleaned how why are people getting it so wrong I think it's down to the fact of the way the system is in the hospitals. Um, your modern-day matrons don't have any power like the old matrons had to ensure that there was discipline in keeping the wards clean. I spoke to one sister um, a little while back, and she said to me that transgressors often don't get a telling off if they, they don't clean the place up. So they don't get it telling off. They, are, they have to be spoken to uh, in what she said was a nice, soft voice and offered more training. Excuse me? So, so, so someone gets taken by the show and say, look, uh, uh, look, Joe, I'm really sorry, but you've not been, you, you didn't clean that floor well enough and we really think you should just... It's that kind of thing. Yes. Flipping heck. It is. Um, and in the olden days, the, this matron and the sister would discipline someone for not doing their job. The other fact as well is, of course, while you've got these cleaning contracts with the hospitals from these companies, whether it's in-house or it's a, a private company, um, a lot of the nurses find now that cleaning a mess up on the floor is not part of their role as nursing. And to be honest with you, it's everyone's role as a nurse and a doctor to ensure that that area is kept clean. Isn't that that's that's a, that's a good attitude? Could you just read the, to Samantha Jones, who is the chief executive of the NHS Trust in charge of, of Watford General. She she couldn't find the time to come and speak to us this week or next week. Apparently, uh, she says that disciplinary action could be taken, and a new regime of unannounced spot checks have been put in place. Well, I'd say to that chief executive, why wasn't that done in the first place? Um, 
keeping our hospital at Watford General clean and having high standards is about the chief executive and the board of trustees coming down and doing those inspections. It's about the staff in the hospital taking ownership of what's happening in that hospital to ensure that the patients and their families expect that cleanliness at the highest standards. This is what I was saying. It's not about costing money. It's about everyone taking responsibility, and unfortunately, no one will. They'll pass the book, which I think you'll find in Laura's, uh, Laura's story, they actually did that. Mm. They were passing the book. Derek, how are we doing with MRSA? Because I mean, it was big news about five, six, seven years ago, and and you know, and, and a lot, a lot of changes I seem to have been made. You, you you couldn't wear long sleeves in the hospital if you were, you had to roll your sleeves up. They they put those hand sanitizers outside every ward. Oh, 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 is MRSA still a problem, or have we have we kind of overcome it? We haven't overcome it. What we've done, we've, we've managed to get the bloodstream infections down to a very low level. It's not as low as we'd like it to be, but it's much lower than it was six, seven years ago. Um, but the, uh, the ones that aren't recorded, such as your site, uh, wound site infections, catheter, again, urinary tract infections, um, and surgical site ones, they're not recorded, so we don't know really right. how well we're doing. The one bugs that do concern us are the gram-negative, such as you see, DFC, coli, Klebsiella pneumonia. They're the ones that really concern us now because there are no new antibiotics in the pipeline for them. Derek, great to talk to you. I really appreciate your insight. Thank you. Derek Butler chairs MRSA Action UK. This is Catherine Boyle on BBC Three Counties Radio. He was good. I liked him. Definitely want you, are, to keep... Are you, are you about to do... I was going to say thank you to him. You're going to say thank you to him. I liked him a lot. He was good. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll speak to him again if we get a story. Feisty Northerner, you see? That's what, that's what you need. That's, that's who you want in charge of a hospital. You want someone like Derek and the caller we had earlier on who was telling people off when, they, you know, for... Anyway, that's that's the kind of thing you need. You know, I don't believe in in throwing your weight about with hospital staff who are doing their best, but there right. are some things that are essential, aren't they, really? I mean, it's unforgivable. Some of this stuff. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five five. Got any texts? Yeah, we've got one on this one, actually, from Helen in Milton Keynes. I had to take my mum to A&E on Tuesday. On arrival, the unit manager was asked for, her to, uh, asked for her to be transferred onto one of the trolleys. There was a sheet on it that was replaced because they couldn't be sure if it was clean. What a difference to the experience of that poor gentleman. When I was in hospital a few years ago, the attitude of the night team was polar opposite to daytime. They were lazy, had dirty uniforms, and although instructions left for, to, were left for me to be put on a drip, the nurse of the day team can do that. A radical overhaul of the types of people employed needs to be undertaken with worse offenders dismissed. Mum back home and recovering, but I'm still in her bad books for getting her taken there in the first place. Well, yeah, good. Well, you know, mum knows that you were doing the right thing. Yeah. Well done. Hope you're getting better, mum. Yeah. Karen, get ready for work, for goodness sakes. I know. We're slowing so, her down. I think it was the pumpkin talk. Yeah, just, I've been just... some tips. <laughs> Pumpkin tips. Pumpkin tips, go on. Um, there's this one. Catherine, this is from Rebecca. Catherine can use bras to support her pumpkins <laughs> and keep them off the ground. It's a proper gardening tip, I promise. I'm a bit worried now. Are they not? I thought they were supposed to gently lower to the floor. Because they were climbing me trellis. I and think now they're lowering into the, my container. I've seen the size of those pumpkins. You probably need a pair of your knickers. <laughs> I, think, I just think you need something a little bit firmer. Do you know what? Yes. I'm going to whip them out. <laughs> Oh, dear. If this isn't the show that gets us taken off the air, I don't know what will be. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Starting off with problems on the trains, delays of up to nearly half an hour at the moment on Southern Virgin and London Midland services between Watford Junction and London Euston. Uh, it's all due to a signalling problem. Take a look at the M1, that's very heavy London bound between Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 looking very heavy heading anti-clockwise at the moment between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 16 the M40. Also queuing on the A41 heading southbound just between the Hemel Hempstead turn-off and Junction 20 for the M25. And the ambition was, is partially blocked on the A404 at the moment because of an accident just before Marlow Road. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much indeed. Right, it's 8.16 or thereabouts. It's Thursday, the 23rd of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The daughter of a stroke patient has criticised Watford General Hospital after finding a cushion that her father had been sitting on covered in another patient's urine and faeces. Hertfordshire-based Tesco has recorded a 92% fall in pre-tax profits in the six months to August. The supermarket's overstatement of its profits was found to have had an impact of £263 million, even more than originally thought. And the councillors at the heart of the Milton Keynes taxi scandal faced fresh calls to resign last night at a packed council meeting. Members of the public booed former Mayor Subhan Shafiq will be speaking to somebody who was at that council meeting. If you want to give us a call, 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nice, isn't it? Isn't that nice? Song with my name in. I've just been talking to uh, Kelly oh. about my puppy. Oh, yeah. you, you weren't here when my puppy came into work the other day. No, because I don't agree with bringing animals into the workplace. She loved Kelly. Yeah, of course she did. She loved her. I think it's because they're a similar size. I was about to say, she's the same height, and they both got shaggy <laughs> yes. hair. And they both got fleas. No, my dog's not got fleas. It will have after hanging out with Kelly. Don't bring oh, your dog into work. Oh, why not? Or should I bring my cat, my rabbit, my stick insect? No, it's inappropriate. If you, if you want. No, it's inappropriate. She brought love and uh, and laughter to the office. No, she brought people going, get that flipping dog out of my crotch. No, everyone loved her. Everybody upstairs, even the, the sternest members of staff. Whose names are? Turned into uh, little little kind of affectionate people. For example, who? Uh, who you d- Barry Caffrey. Oh, he's miserable. Now, he? Barry, you know Barry. I mean, miserable. he's always stern. And he doesn't like dogs. No. Even he cracked a smile and stroked her like that. No. Awkwardly. I bet you're the kind of person that takes um, the day off work when it's your birthday. Me? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, no, you, well, you, you just take the day off, the week off work too. Well, when I've got a puppy, dog. yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Well, I know. What's wrong with that? Workplace is not a place for animals. D- did you take time off work when you had your children? Yeah, I did, mate. Of course you did. Because they're human beings, they're not puppy dogs. <laughs> yes, but they still, you know, we... That's true, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they do. You got, that's the important thing. I, uh, my little, I put my little boy to bed last night, my youngest. He's two and a half, and I thought we were over this stage, but he just looked at me and went, Daddy, I'm touching my willy. <laughs> and you know what? Normally we ignore it, or we kind of say don't, and I thought, I'm going to have some of this. So I went, son, I'm touching mine. This is rather peculiar. This is what when you've got boys, they're constantly touching their winkles. And I, see, I said, the, I'm, "I'm touching mine. I'm not touching mine now. Let go of yours. Get into bed." You see, the thing is, you're uh, you're not supposed to find these things funny, are you? No, nope. you're supposed to keep a straight face yep. and say, yep. "Don't, don't say that." Yeah. 
But also you're not supposed to shame them either. Can't shame them nowadays. But I find when children do things like I find them so hilarious. Yeah. I can't help myself. Yeah. So I have to try and put my hand over my mouth so they don't see me laughing. Yeah. And then my shoulders start shaking. And children can always tell the one person who's finding them funny, can't they? And they play up to it. They play up to it. Well, I'm that person they play up to. Oh, dear. Don't bring your dog in when I'm in. Oh, now that's a challenge. No, it's not. Even you would like my dog. I would be disgusted. I, I would like it, but not. I would like She's it in an. She's cute. She's in lovely. An, I'm hoping it was on a lead or muzzled. She was on a lead, yeah. Muzzled? Well, she wasn't muzzled. She's a puppy. Oh, yeah, muzzle my puppy. Puppies have never bitten anything in their lives, have they? You're so naive. You want my puppy. 80 pound on the spot fine. <laughs> you want my puppy in a muzzle? Yeah, and not in this building. Oh. Thanks very much. What's on your show this morning? Well, coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine, what do you think Tesco is doing wrong? The chairman of Tesco is standing down as the Hertfordshire-based firm have announced a massive It's incredible. In their, it's enormous. Incredible. I didn't believe... Fella phoned up, we didn't believe him. Excluding petrol, like-for-like sales fell in the first half of this year and pre-tax profits are down more than 90% on the same period the year before. Accountants have finished investigating Tesco's books and they found that profits were overstated by £118 million pounds in the first half of the year, by £70 million from 2013 to 2014, and by £75 million the year before that. In short, Tesco is a supermarket in massive decline. Well, my question to you this morning is, what do you think Tesco's doing wrong? 08459 555, whether you're a Tesco shopper, a former Tesco shopper, or someone who wouldn't be seen dead in Tesco, I'd love to hear from you on the big phone-in at nine. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a beautiful village. We're surrounded by nice open countryside. From the top of the springs, looking down, it really is... Stunning. All this week, we're uncovering Barton Le Clay. It's a super village. It's got all the amenities. You've got the old part on one side of the A6. You've got the newer part on the other side. Telling everyone about where you live. It's a nice atmosphere. People walking the dogs. In snow, in sunshine, in a beautiful sunset. I wouldn't leave it. If you paid me millions, I still wouldn't leave. I love it here. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan, Jonathan thought I was doing a piece there about dogs. So when the, the microphone goes off, well, you know, we, we he said, do you, uh, do you really think it's inappropriate to bring dogs? I said, it's disgusting. Why would you bring a dog into work, of all things? I don't mind any kind of disruption. Well, I know you do. You don't, you don't work as hard as I do. I'm constantly uh, in the zone. Bring it, I brought my boys into work. I've, if I've, the zone is eBay, yes, you are. <laughs> Mate, come on. I brought my boys into work, and I'm hoping you're going to bring your girls into work soon. Okay, yeah, maybe. Because I think it's important for kids to see what their parents do, to, 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 so that they know that when they go off in the morning, they're actually doing something. They and will they, lose all respect for me. Well, they might do. I mean, the boys, yeah. to us, this is quite dull. I'm going to call you back now. But the boys loved it when they came. There are microphones, there are knobs. This is, oh, so this is what doing the radio means. And I know your girls have been in before, but I think it's important kids see what their parents do. Yeah. I don't think it's important that pets see what their owners do. Not going to bring Velvet in or Benjamin Bunny or, or Sticky Licky or any of the others. They'd just be sitting there drumming their respective fingers, wouldn't they? Well, the cat would be hiding in the corner, be uh, terrified. Awful. <laughs> Tesco's doing really badly. What on earth is going wrong? Dillis is on the line. Morning, Dillis. Morning. What would you like to say? Um, I would just like to say that uh, my husband and I were uh, Tesco shoppers regularly. We'd go there to the big shop, fortnightly, weekly, whatever. And being a club card um, owner, yeah. uh, member, whatever, 
Um, they used to send vouchers that would give you £9 off or £7 Beautiful. off. Beautiful. Yeah, when you spend £70 or more. And we used to keep them on the fridge. And I picked them up one day because we were going there. And I went, do you know, we haven't been to Tesco for six weeks because the whole book of vouchers oh. were there. Because oh. we, yeah, we started going other places. And the reason we'd done that is because what we called it Tesco trickery. Oh. We found we had to really be vigilant in what we were buying because prices were wrong or they were, we felt priced badly. For instance, we were buying a packet of uh, gravy browning. And it was cheaper to buy a 100-gram box than a 200-gram box. Oh. So where we would pick up a big one, we think it would last longer and it'd be better value. It always, it, a lot of the time, wasn't. So yeah. we felt like we were being tricked. Dillis, here's something I found out the other day. You know OXO? Yeah. It's a drink, it's not a gravy. Well, there you go. That's insane, isn't it? Possibly. Thank you very much indeed. I've been using... That's o- not a discovery, my love. Well, my darling, it's I have... a beef flavouring. You wouldn't use it. It would be too thin. Oh, I've been using it as a gravy. Are you nuts? Well, it turns out I am. You're mix- mistaking it for Bisto. It's a drink. And then I had it as a drink the other day and it gave me an upset tummy and I, f- I felt all, all meaty. Why are you drinking liquid... Oh, look how much you've changed, right? Yeah. 20 odd years of no meat at all. Yeah. Now you're liquidising it down. I was in a barbecue uh, restaurant the other day, Bodeans. Owned by, owned by, owned by... Bodean? You push too hard, your dreams are China in your hand. Uh, again? You push too hard. I'm trying to think of another line of one of the other songs, and I couldn't. Carol Deckers. Carol? Carol Double Deckers owns this restaurant I went to. Why is she calling it Bodine's? Why is she call it Deckers? I've got no idea at all. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, taxi licensing in Milton Keynes, we've been talking about it for a while because, well, we think it's an important thing. You know, of course, uh, the former mayor, Subhan Shafiq, uh, stepped down from being a mayor. Can you stop playing um, uh, um, to power songs on your table piano, please? I'm trying to do an important story. Thank you. Uh, Former mayor, Subhan Shafiq, is the former mayor because he stepped down because he recommended that a serial rapist be granted a taxi licence. And uh, other councillors, Stuart Burke and Gladstone McKenzie, granted that licence. Well, there was a big meeting last night. Residents uh, were in attendance. One of those was Rosemary Smith. Good morning, Rosemary. Morning. Uh, what happened at the meeting last night? Um, well, it was, I suppose, technically, if you like, you could have called it a bun fight. It was just unbelievable. I mean, the the, uh, the whole of the public gallery was absolutely full of people who were calling for the resignation, especially of Burke and Shafiq. Um, even the Labour leader, um, Pete Marlon, got up on his feet and he said, basically, they haven't even p- apologised for what they've done. Not that that's good enough, but they haven't even done that, either of them. Um, well, we're talking of, of, of Councillor Burke, because he's one of the people that, that granted the licence mm. to this violent uh, serial rapist. Mm. Uh, our reporter, Craig Lewis, spoke to him last night and he mm. asked him if he was sorry. Just have a listen to this. I'd love to get your reaction on this. Okay. Sorry every day, because it's brought all this down on everybody. I'm sorry for myself, I'm sorry for Zban, I'm sorry for Gladstone, I'm sorry for all the other councillors involved who've had their reputations besmirched. I'm sorry for the taxi driver because, you know, he's won what he thought was reasonable and he's now, you know, become a public figure not wanting to be. And, you know, there, there are loads of people who I'm incredibly sorry for because it's been very difficult to deal with. Rosemary, what's your reaction to, to Councillor Burke there? Complete arrogance. 
I'm sorry for... No, he's, he's just saying that he's sorry for other people, not for what he's done. He's saying that, yes, what he did basically caused this, but he hasn't actually stood up and said... I wish that I'd never, you know, I wish I'd never done this. I'm really sorry to everybody, not for... It's interesting, the first person he says sorry, he's sorry for himself, first person. Yeah, And then the third or fourth person he's sorry for is is the the violent serial rapist. I know, I know, I know, it's unbelievable. Do you think that these counsellors are are completely out of touch with with the mood of the public? Mm, Completely. They're not, and they're so arrogant. I mean, especially Stuart Burke. He is incredibly arrogant. I posed the question last night and asked why they weren't resigning. And he just said, well, why should I, basically? Why should I resign? And I'm thinking, yes, you should resign. Everybody is calling for you to resign. And legally, the council cannot sack them, which is a nonsense. We need this recall thing to come in anyway. But no, he he is a very arrogant person, and I've dealt with him before through another issue. Mm. So, um, and and that that he just does not care at all about the residents. He doesn't say he's sorry to for doing something. He's sorry for other people, but mostly himself. That's do we know what happens? Do we know what happens next, Rosemary? Do we, where does this go? I don't know, Ian. To be perfectly honest, I mean, obviously, it's going to rumble on. Allegedly, they're doing some kind of internal um, uh, process that they're basically looking into all of this, which we will know the result of apparently at the end of November. Um, but unfortunately, the, my opinion is is that. They are playing a political game mm. with the safety of the residents of Milton Keynes. They do not want a by-election. They definitely don't want that. And if they both resigned and did the decent thing, they, that would cause a by-election. Um, and that's, that's what they don't want to do. They're saying it's a matter of cost. Well, quite honestly, I'd rather spend the money on a by-election than pay those two. Uh, it, th- th- you're right, there is an internal audit investigation mm-hmm. taking place. That comes out the end of November. R- Rosemary, may- maybe we could speak to you when that, that, uh, the results yeah, of that audit of come out. be nice yeah. to talk to you and get your views on that. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Coming up, why is Tesco going wrong? Is it the ambiance, according to, uh, to Peter in Warmer Green? And also, we'll play you some of that Ched Evans... Uh, statement. I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Does it sound like a man who's learnt his lesson and is full of humility? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off with the problems on the trains this morning, seeing delays of up to nearly half an hour on London, Midland, Southern and Virgin trains between Watford Junction and London, Euston. It's due to a signalling problem. Taking a look at the M1, it's very heavy London bound between Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather slow on the sensors at the moment, between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 16 at the M40. In Bisham, it's queuing at the moment on the A404 um, it's heading southbound just before Marlow Road following an accident that's happened there. And so far at the Barnet Bypass, that's looking heavy between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Hertfordshire-based Tesco has announced a 92% drop in its pre-tax profits to £112 million in the six months to August. An investigation has revealed that the company overstated its profits, profits guidance last month by £263 million, even more than originally thought. The daughter of a stroke patient has criticised Watford General Hospital after finding a cushion that her father had been sitting on covered in another patient's urine and faeces. And the councillor at the heart of the Milton Keynes taxi scandal faced fresh calls to resign last night at a packed council meeting. Members of the public booed former Mayor Subhan Shafiq. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Mixed fortunes for Liverpool and Arsenal in the Champions League last night. Liverpool lost 3-0 at home to Real Madrid. Manager Brendan Rodgers says he'll take action against Mario Balotelli after the striker swapped shirts with Real Madrid's Pepe at half-time. Former Liverpool defender Mark Lawrenson says Balotelli is getting worse. Balotelli, I think he's 24 now. Supposed to, he's a dad and everything. I think everybody thought it might be time to settle down. And if anything, he gets worse. I mean, basically at the weekend at Queen's Park Rangers, it was just a non-performance. And then to go and do that at half-time when you're 3-0 down in the Champions League, it's just it's utter and sheer madness. But Arsenal scored twice in the closing minutes through Kieran Gibbs and Lucas Podolski to win 2-1 away to Anderlecht. His manager, Arsene Wenger. I know by experience that the last five minutes in the Champions League, uh, the nerves play a part. We had to get into these five minutes without conceding a second goal. Of course, if I had scored the second goal, it was game over. I had hope. It didn't look like, but it happened. And that means we took all the risks and in the end it paid off. A Luton side featuring a number of players returning from injury beat Hemel Hempstead 3-0 in a friendly at the Hatters training ground yesterday afternoon. Kirtley Williams, Fraser Franks, Paul Connolly, Luke Rooney and Jake Howells all played. Wickham have been fined £1,000 after admitting an FA charge of failing to ensure players conducted themselves in an orderly fashion. It happened in the closing stages of this month's game against Northampton, who were also fined. And in cycling, 2013 champion Chris Froome says he may skip next year's Tour de France because the course doesn't suit him. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties oh, Radio. Oh, man, it's one of those shows... Sorry, what are you trying to work? What's going on in there, ladies? We're just having a private chat, if you wouldn't mind minding your own biz. Kelly's asking me to send her a selfie. <laughs> Kelly! Always happy to oblige. Uh, it's one of those shows where you, we come in, it's all, it's all written down on the screen, and then throughout the show, it just kind of chops and changes. Because Happened. we make radio with our ears and not our eyes. And our hearts. And our hearts. Not our minds. And so No, it's just because like, some stories are broken while we've been on air. Like what? What's broken? Tesco. Has broken like the first Tesco. Blackbird has spoken like the bird. So, what are we talking about? Well, we're, we're going to go to uh, Justin and talk about tats in a minute. The teacher been booted out of a school for... Um, tattoos, we mean. Tattoos. Uh, we're also talking about Tesco. Profits are down 92%. That's partly because the profits were made up. That's mainly where that comes from. Uh, we're talking about that. And also, we'll play... Um, oh, well, should we play the, 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 some of the Chad Evans now? Yeah, yeah OK. Because this is the, the, the guy who got convicted of rape, served two and a half years of a five-year sentence. Uh, it's going to be playing for... Is it Sheffield United or Wednesday? I can never remember. United, United. I think it is. And we've avoided doing this story, haven't we, Catherine? Well, just because it's been... You know, he's been a, uh, a hate figure. And it's a very sort of... 
then the Judy Finnegan thing happened. Yeah. And everyone was talking about it. And there people doing the phone in, oh, well, should, should he play for the football team? I don't really know the answer. And to be, I don't really care about that, that side of things. I would be interested, though, listen, if you listen to this... Be a little bit louder, because that printer's quite noisy. <laughs> if, you, if you are listening to this and you are a woman... Yeah. Put yourself in the position of this guy's fiance. Yeah. She's sitting next to him while he's doing this. Wouldn't you have convinced him just not to say anything? This this is this is thirty seconds. He released a video statement last night. This is thirty seconds. Okay, bearing in mind he was found guilty by a jury of rape. Whether the girl was drunk or not, irrelevant. He was found guilty of rape. Um, he served two and a half years of a five-year sentence. This is the part of the statement he released last night. In May two thousand eleven, a hotel in North Wales, by cheating on my partner Natasha, I hurt the woman I love with all my heart. Since that night, I've constantly regretted my act of infidelity and the damage that has been done on so many fronts because of it. The support that has been shown by Natasha, our friends and family, during the trial and the time spent in prison has kept me strong. It can't have been an easy thing to have stood by someone who the court found guilty of such a destructive act. I will be forever grateful. He said there, on that night, he cheated on his partner and he regrets the infidelity. Those are very, very strange euphemisms, euphemisms for rape. He was found guilty of rape. Cheated on his partner, infidelity. He, he forced himself sexually on a woman who was incapable of uh, being... I don't know the full situation. Anyway, he had the sex with someone who didn't was, want to have sex she, with him. She was in the hotel room with somebody else. She was very, very drunk. We're not saying that that's any reason, right. any kind of mitigating circumstance, but she was very drunk. And he went and joined in while people looked through the window. Someone was filming it. Does that sound like an infidelity to you? Cheating on his partner, infidelity. I heard this on the radio. I've, I've since seen the video without the sound. I heard it on the radio last night. I mean, you see it, and it, it, okay, he, he looks like a robot speaking. He's not a natural orator. All right, that, you, you can't knock the fella for that. Um, but it, it, it's, it's the words, it's the language, it, it shows. I mean, he believes he's innocent, he's going to appeal. But all the heat he's getting from the media, he's becoming a public hate figure, he's already there. If you were his partner, you're standing by him, she obviously loves him, she obviously wants to stay with him, wouldn't you say, look, don't give them any more ammunition? Stop what? talking. This is going to go to appeal. And I don't, I don't understand why they've not appealed before. I think they, they, they claim to have got new evidence, I don't know. What happens if he's found innocent? Second time around. Where, where, where does that leave us as a nation? Let's just pursue that avenue of thought for a second. Where does that leave us? That would leave us with the assumption then that if you are drunk, you're asking for it. Wouldn't it? Well, I don't know. If they've got evidence that we don't... You know, again, it's, you know, he was convicted by a jury of... Is it, what is it? A jury these days. 11, 12, something like that. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe they have got new evidence. But we have to go by the fact that he was found guilty. He is, he is a rapist. And he doesn't sound remorseful in the slightest. There may be nothing more to say about it. I'm going to throw it out there to you, dear listener. I don't know. 08459 455555. If you want to give us... I don't know quite know what the conversation is there. Would you stand by your partner? That's a good one. Is, the, is his girlfriend naive? Um, are we being too harsh on him? Should he show more humility? Should he just keep his head down now? He can't, can he? Because they're not going to leave him. Well, just stop speaking, because he's just f- putting more fuel on the fire. Oh, wait, four, four, five, nine, four, five. Also, he says he wants to be a role model, OK? Well, I want my boys to know, A, that rape is bad, and B, that having sex, that joining in with sex with someone who's unaware of it or who's really, really drunk is also bad. 
Those things are bad. That's not the kind of image... Yeah, while people laugh and look through the window. Yeah, while you make... Having sex with a girl while your mates film it, that is bad. Unless, you know, you, your mate and the girl have all said, hey, I know what, guys. Shall we all film each other? You're okay with filming? I'm okay. You want to film? You're okay? That's fine. But when it's, you know, when it's a drunk girl and it's someone doing it through a window for a laugh, that's not fine. That's not fine. And I want my boys to learn... I'm glad you're teaching them that. Well, I'm not teaching them yet. They're four and two. But, well, hopefully they'll see my interaction with, with, with women. They, they, that's how they will learn respect. I don't know. I don't know. Richard's in Stevenage. Morning, Richard. Morning, Ian. What would you like to say? Um, I, I, I'm not excusing anything that he's done. But? Um, and, and, but what I'm going to say is, in his statement, he's never going to say that he did rape her because he's, got, he's, he's appealing it. So if he's appealing it, if he turned around and said uh, that, that I'm, I'm a rapist, then it's going to hurt his appeal. However, in in the statement, he does say that he was found guilty of a despicable act. I think that was the word for you. Um, yeah, so, he, well, so what, what I make up from that, Richard, is he's, he's saying that rape is despicable, but he doesn't believe that he, he committed rape. Exactly, that's what I, I, I get from it. And what I'm saying is, if, if they are appealing um, for his, his innocence in it, then there's no, there's no way he's ever going to say that I have raped someone. Yeah, I can, uh, I can totally understand that. Would it not be better then? Richard, for him not to have made a statement at all, because there will be people judging, you know, people were waiting for this statement and will be judging him uh, and doing what we're doing, kind of taking it apart word by word Quite possibly, but I mean, you, you don't know if whether or not Richard, you know, if, Chad, if Chad was your brother and he said he was oh, going to do this, what would you say to him? If he said, I'm going to uh, do something and put it on YouTube so everyone can see what would you say to him? I'd probably say don't do it um, but everyone's different. You know, you, you don't know what kind of advice he's had for it. Um, I don't know whether or not his legal team might have thought that it would have been a good thing to put out a statement to, to, to try and show that he does believe he's innocent and it, it, it'll help his appeal. I don't know. Someone, I mean, he must have taken advice from the football club, his solicitor. Someone must have said... Uh, 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 have advised him to do that and I, Richard listen thank you for your call mate I, I, I would suggest that, that that wasn't the best advice and of course he's not going to use the word rape uh, uh, say that he's guilty of it because he is appealing it and it'll be interesting I wonder how long that do we know when that appeal is going to be how long that takes um, he confirmed an application was made to refer his case back to the court of appeal he said it seeks to demonstrate the act I engaged in on that night was consensual Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And we're not going to get anywhere with this conversation. We're not going to come to a conclusion at nine o'clock and go, ah, right. Well, that's that solved. I'm just, I just don't know. It's one of those things where I don't quite know what my thoughts are, and I need people to help me unpick my head. I just think he was damned by making that statement. I, I'd, I, I, if I was his fiance, if I was his mum, if I was his sister, I'd say to him, let's just keep quiet. But his mum believes. His mum believes him. Of his fiance believes him. It's not saying that you don't, but you just don't fan the fire. Uh, you see, all I can think of is my boys. And if my boys had been found guilty of something, and I believed deep in my heart that they were completely innocent... Yeah, but you knew people were picking them apart in the media. I'm a bit more media savvy, than obviously, than this fella and his family. Mm. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Morning, Just. Morning, boss. Sorry to keep you waiting. That's as well. all right. I love it. I've been interested about a conversation. It's that I heard the statement last night, and it got mm. me angry. Mm. Um, and I, I kind of tweeted about it, and I was getting a little bit of backlash on Twitter. People saying I was yeah. jumping on the bandwagon. I should leave him alone. That um, when he's proved innocent, uh, you know, he should. We, we, I should be apologising, and all of this stuff. Um, and, and you know, damn those legal systems. 
where juries get to hear all of the evidence that we've not heard. That's I mean, the thing, isn't it? I mean, strangely, I actually think he, he's done the right thing here by uh, releasing this video. Interesting. Go on, tell me why. Because people are not going to leave him alone. Yep. So he had to say something. OK, he's released the video. Uh, that's the first thing. Secondly, he will definitely play football again. He is a quality football player. And thirdly, he believes that he's innocent. That's why he's released the video. And he's now going to fight to clear his name. So if the media aren't going to leave him alone he said something on his terms that's my you, view you know there are no there are no guilty p- uh, people in prison you know that don't mm. you they're all innocent yeah absolutely yeah I, I know what you're saying but but he firmly believes and his partner firmly believes that uh, he's an innocent man that that fight will go on now he's trying to clear his name okay it, it, supposing it goes to appeal and he's uh He's found guilty again. Mm. The, the, the conviction is upheld. Well, th- then where do we stand with him? Then he is in. Then he's been through two uh, legal pro. And we're kind of, you know, b- b- hypothesising a bit. Mm. He's then gone through two legal processes and been found guilty twice. That that means yep. he is a rapist in denial. Mm. Yeah, I know. It's 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 one of those one of those situations where everyone is going to have an opinion. But again, to, to go back to his original point, he thinks that he's innocent, and that's why he's released the video. He had to say something. People can watch that and they can make up their own opinions. But I firmly believe he had to do something because that was not going to. Do go you not away. think? I, 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 I pre- we'll play your audio after the news, just because mm. I know you've got a good bit on the tax, and I want to make sure we get all of that. Mm. But do you not think it's it's uh, naive to do that because he is he is kind of public enemy number one at the moment yep. and obviously the, the Sun have got the headline soccer rapists video nasty no shame he's not going to convince any new people it, it, pe- people who didn't like him aren't going to go oh actually fair play that Chad Evans is alright nope. people that supported him will go yeah get in there son it, it, it's not going to change anybody's opinion it's only going to polarise people more isn't it quite possibly quite possibly but I think he had to say something you mm. can't just sit at home and hide in a situation like this he's come out he's had his say on his terms and again he, he will fight to, to try and clear his name whether that happens or not I don't don't know, but I certainly think he will go back to football. A lot of people oh, are saying, happen, yeah. a lot of people are saying, oh, well, he should never play football again. Well, here's a man who has gone to prison. He served his time. He would definitely go back to playing football. But what he will do, and every football fan will agree here, every single ground that he goes to, he will be abused for the rest of his career. That is almost like a sentence in itself. I'm that tr- will I'm not be pleasant. I'm for trying it. to find a sexual slang word that rhymes with Ched or Evans. I'm sure some clever sparks on the terraces have, have thought of that already. Justin. Stay there, because you've got a cracking piece about um, uh, employing people with tattoos. The story of a, a, a school assistant, teaching assistant, booted out of a school because she's covered in tattoos and piercings. We'll have that in a bit. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the trains this morning, delays of up to about 40 minutes now on London Midland between London Euston and Watford Junction. It's all due to the signalling problem causing lots of delays in and out of London Euston at the moment, also on Virgin trains. Take a look at the M25 heading anti-clockwise. That's very slow moving between Junction 19 at Watford and Junction 16 for the M40. And taking a look at the M40 itself, it's queuing at the moment on the exit slip road just to Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handycross roundabouts. And in Bisham, the A4 there's a lane closed heading southbound just before Marlow Road following an accident there. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes. 
8.46 exactly, Thursday the 23rd of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The chairman of Tesco is to resign after the Hertfordshire-based company recorded a 92% fall in pre-tax profits in the six months to August. The daughter of a stroke patient has criticised Watford General Hospital after finding a cushion that her father had been sitting on covered in another patient's urine and faeces. And the councillors at the heart of the Milton Keynes taxi scandal face fresh calls to resign last night. At a packed council meeting, members of the public booed former Mayor Saban Shafiq. Coming up before nine o'clock, more Justin Dealey. I'm sorry, it's a contractual obligation. Before that, here's Georgina with the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, a bit of a grey day today. Lots of cloud around, just the odd bright spell, but not even that for everybody. And we'll have some spots of drizzle, but some of us having a dry day just feeling quite damp with a fresh southwesterly breeze and highs of 15 degrees Celsius. Tonight, that rain and drizzle continues with lows of 12 degrees. And tomorrow, more rain on the way. There'll be some heavier bursts tomorrow as well for much of the day. And probably not seeing the back of that until after dark with high of 16 degrees Celsius, but it's looking much drier and brighter, if a touch cooler, over the weekend. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... BBC Three Counties Red. I've got some great interviews coming up. He was in the trenches in in France and he was shot. We both look at each other in amazement and can't believe how far we've come with the company. And we love it. We love every day that we do the cakes. Nick Coffer. We're telling people, go out and find about your family story and come back and pay tribute to them in in a way that is a living, breathing legacy. Got a strong local link, hasn't it? A strong local link. Amy Merritt, she's originally from New Zealand, now settled in Buckinghamshire. Nick Coffer. I think it could be brilliant. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, Justin, at last. Yeah, yeah. Got people emailing me again about Luton Town's plastic pitch. Oh, really? (laughs) Uh, Are we doing another great reunion of the pitch? Uh, No, no, we've done that already. By the way, can I just say, uh, Wilco Johnson, the guitarist, mm. who was dying of cancer, he's not got cancer anymore. He's wow. been cured of cancer. Fantastic. Isn't that amazing? He was, at the Q Aw- he was at the Q Awards, right? He's Dr. Feelgood guitarist, and so he did a big farewell. We're supposed to die in October 2013. Mm. did a big farewell tour, uh, recorded an album with Roger Daltrey. It was kind of, you know, on his last legs. He had a, a, a tumour that I think he said was uh, three kilograms, right? Uh, and he was at the Q Awards last night. I think it was the Q Awards. And he was collecting his hero gong. And he got up and he went, oh, yeah, thanks for this. I'm cancer-free. Whoa. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely Isn't that brilliant. amazing? What brilliant bit of news. Well done him. Either that, it was a really elaborate scam so he could uh, make a record <laughs> with Roger Daltrey. Who knows? I'm sure it wasn't, but well done him. Uh, the big story in the, one of the big stories in the papers, this teaching assistant who got, um, well, she got booted out of a school just, didn't she? Yes, she did. She had um, tattoos on her neck and all down her arm, and she was sent home. So we kind of had a brief discussion about this earlier on. Have tattoos ever held you back? But also, if you were going for a job interview and you had lots of tattoos, would you cover them up? Well, I've been onto the streets this morning asking those very questions, and Ian, here's what happened. Oh, hang on a second, hang on a second, hang on a second. Let's just... build-up. No, let's let's have a big build-up. Hang on a second. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Right, just give us that. Oh, hang, no, hang on. No, 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 no. Right, give us that build up again, mate, because that was okay. great. Trainee T-shirt sent home. Tattoos on her neck, down her arm. Yeah. Uh, we were asking the question earlier on this morning: Have tats ever held you back? And would you cover your tattoos for a job interview? I've been on the streets this morning asking those very questions. Here's what happened. 
I am going to retire. No, 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 no. Because I'm not... No, hang on. Just get the last line. <laughs> OK. I've been onto the streets asking those very questions. There's no more fan. Oh, no. Right, one more. Here we go. This is it. OK. I've uh, been onto the streets this morning, taking this very seriously. I've been asking those questions. Here's what happened. Brian, you've got a tattoo on your neck there. I can just see it. How many tattoos have you got? About 40. 40 tattoos? Uh, front, back... It's mainly legs. What's the most unusual one you got? Um, people wonder what the praying hands are for on my neck. But it's, it's a tattoo that's not people don't judge you. Only certain people can judge you and things like that. Yeah. OK, now you work on a building site, so you told me that your tattoos haven't held you back. But if you were to go for, let's say, an office job, would you make sure that all of your tattoos were covered? Do you think your tattoos will give you a bad name before that interview had even started? Before, maybe, but I don't think so now because it's common now, very common now. So most people have got a tattoo now. Do you think I'm weird for not having a tattoo? No, but um, women have got them now and it's even my, I've got my mum one for her birthday and she's 65 so <laughs> what was that tattoo? it's a rose on her wrist and that was her first one at 65? yeah incredible stuff wow um, <laughs> so, so nowadays things have moved on your tattoos you don't think will ever hold you back moving forward because we now accept tattoos yeah it's police force they got tattoos they always had to be covered up but sometimes when they're in short shirts you can see the tattoos and doesn't hold them back from their job, so... So you have three tattoos. Would you cover those tattoos up if you were going for a job interview? I would, because um, for intimidation purposes. When this lady we're talking about this morning has got a tattoo on her neck, can you understand why an employer might look at that and think, no, not for me? Even though a person may be absolutely brilliant for that job, the tattoos put them off. Can you understand that? I do understand that. Well, me personally... I mean, I see people with tattoos on their neck and I just don't really want to give them the time of day, to be honest. Ladies in the house. The Ladies Perspective with Ian Lee across beds, hearts and bucks. The Ladies, the Ladies, the Ladies, the Ladies, Charlotte, the Ladies, the Ladies. One. Okay, and what's that tattoo, can I ask? It's a star with little bits coming out of it. Now, would you cover that up for a job interview? Yes. Tell me why. Um, I think first impressions on a job interview are really important. And you don't want to look like you don't care. <laughs> the lady's perspective was one lady. What <laughs> <laughs> tattoo? One, that bloke was talking rubbish. Yeah, most people have got them now. No, they haven't. Well, I don't know. You see, I haven't got a tattoo. And certainly when I'm down the pub, I feel like that I'm in the minority these days because I haven't got a tattoo. You, you go to Wrong very, pub. very rough pubs, so don't you? That's the thing. <laughs> I no. do feel like nowadays, though, most people I meet have got a tattoo. Can I just say the important thing we've missed on this story? So this, this uh, trainee teacher has accused a Roman Catholic school of prejudice. Uh, after she, no, they've just got standards, love. <laughs> the deputy had missed. Uh, the deputy had master. Do you know what his name is? Go on, Mr. Bogey. Ooh, good night. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's Martin Bogey. Poor lad. <laughs> and he still chose to become a teacher. <laughs> his last name's Bogey. Surely you'd change it for just just your job. Uh, maybe he did. Maybe he, he thought Bogey was. Funny. Maybe it's Bogey. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's even worse. It's got the word gay in it. Well, you know what kids are like? Seriously. Justin. Boji. <laughs> hang on. Justin's trying to be the voice of reason here. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, uh, you, tell us about your show on Saturdays. I believe it's it's still happening. What's going on? Yes, it's uh, still there. 12 until 2. Uh, two hours of great songs and great memories. This weekend, uh, the UK and American charts from this weekend in 1963. And requests from the home of the big tour in Barton Le Clay. Excellent stuff. And will you be featuring Mr. Bogey? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Good for you. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties yeah. Radio. Mr Bogey. Before we go to Peter and Rickman, Rickmond Worth, you got any texts or anything, Kath, that we should be doing? Yeah, Chris and Milton Keynes on the Ched Evans scenario says, if Ched Evans had sex uh, w- with a girl who was drunk, it's rape. There are no mitigating circumstances. If she's unable to consent, in this case through alcohol, it is rape. And then we've got one through here from Ev, uh, who says she had sex with two footballers that night. Did she only press charges on the more famous one? Well, wasn't the, the, it was consensual. This is what I've made up from the story. I don't know the full facts. That it was consensual with the first one, and then Chad Evans joined in. That's while people laughed and filmed. Yeah, that, that's that's it. Uh, that's as far as I'm aware. That's the. Uh... The story. It's 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 an interesting one, and um, we, we, I, I'm really keen to see how that appeal goes, and whether we'll all be eating hum, humble pie, which I would be happy to do, or someone's going to eat humble pie. It's either me or it's Evans. Who's who's it going to be? I, if, if if it's my position to apologise on air, more than happy to do that. If it's his, if he's found guilty again, well, well, then then what does he do? Does he does he then say sorry, hands up? Yeah, I got done. Or does he say no? It's it's unfair. Both of these trials are unfair. Be interesting. Peter's in Rickmansworth. Good morning, Peter. Yeah, good morning, Ian. What you got for us, Pete? Well, they've been on about Watford Hospital. Yes, this is lagging it off. Yes. Well, I was in there eight days because I hadn't got enough oxygen in my blood. Yeah, oh blimey. Well, the first time I went in. That was in the blue room. Oh, yeah. And... And it, the AAU. AAU. Where's that, that voice come know. from? The AAU is salient because that's the same unit. Right, OK, go on. Who was that, yeah. Peter? Um, well, I was in there eight days. OK. And oxygen day and night. Yeah. Well, the food, you wouldn't believe it. It was excellent. So I've got no complaint about that. Yeah. And I had a nice young nurse... Hello. ...allocated. Yes. And she washed my back for me. When you go in the, the washroom... Yeah. ...you open the door, the light comes on. And it's all... And the taps... Yeah. Uh, Nice and hot, you know. Hot, hot water taps, yeah. 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 And that comes on automatic when you put the flannel and soap on. And, and she'd give you a good scrub, would she? She Beautiful. did. Beautiful. Beautiful. So you, you, you've not... The reason we're talking about this is we have heard stories of, of it being a little bit dirty, or more than a little bit dirty. No, you've not seen no. any of that. In your experience, it was no, tip-top. it was top one. Well, Peter, listen, it's good to talk to you. Thank you very much. I'm, 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 it, it, always good... To get the other side of the story mm-hmm. in these situations, I think. Mm. Huh? 
Yeah, you got two more minutes. Oh, sorry, I was, I'm on... Keep uh, that mouth moving and stuff coming out, Plus, I'm, I'm on eBay, isn't it? I knew you were. What? Otherwise known as in the zone. Oh, if, if Ian's ever in the zone, you know what the zone is. <laughs> it's the eBay zone. In the monkey's corner of eBay. Eee, rep fans. I'm just, I've just seen some stuff on there that would look quite good in my house. You don't need any more stuff. Have we got, do, we need, do we need to mop up any texts or Te- emails? Uh, yeah, OXO. It's just a stock cube, says Maff. Are you confusing it with Bovril? Watch the food on rap programme on stock cubes on Channel 4. Very interesting. <laughs> I'm not going to. My favourite episode showed cashew nuts. Oh, we didn't mention! Oh, flipping heck! I've only got 30 seconds. The Daily Express, there is a cure for Alzheimer's. Get it in quick. We didn't mention it. I'm so sorry. Oh. So what do we need to do today if we the, want to... The Daily Express, new dementia breakthrough. Experts reveal two key ways to fight disease. Are you ready for this, guys? Yeah. Get a pen and paper, because you're going to want this down. Want to jot this down. <laughs> two breakthrough studies have revealed that A, being good with words... And B, eating just a handful of walnuts every day can help stave off the ravages of Alzheimer's. Ladies and gentlemen, we found... What does being good with words mean? I think it's only in a dictionary. Ah. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the Great North Road, that's looking very heavy at the moment, heading southbound at the Black Cat roundabout. The M1 looking very heavy on the sensors between Junction 13 for Bedford and Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. The M25 very slow anti-clockwise at the moment between Junction 19 at Watford and Junction 16 for the M40. And taking a look so far at the trains, delays of up to 40 minutes at the moment on Virgin Trains. Um, This is in and out of London, Euston, um, due to a signalling problem. There, Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Hey, cracking show this morning is one of those ones I like it when it's changing, and when I can see Catherine throwing things all over the place and changing the shape of the show. Well done, Boyle. Well done, Betts. Thank you, Justin. From all of us until tomorrow at six o'clock in the morning. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday. It's nine o'clock and on today's big phone-in. What do you think Tesco's doing wrong? The chairman of Tesco is standing down as the Hertfordshire-based firm have announced a massive hole in their profits, excluding pet.